everything yeah. up. I have no idea when Five, to begin. Four, so three, sorry. two, one. Hello, welcome to episode 91 of Plat Chat, presented by T-Mobile. I swapped it around there, you never know which way I'm going to go. We're joined by the regular group at this point. Avast is slowly being assimilated, again wearing the sloth shirt. I feel like New at this brand. point I understand every piece that's in Avast's wardrobe. How many sloth shirts have I worn so far? One, Besides two this. actually, two I think. There's one where mm. they're like dangling yeah, out another, of the pocket. I have a grey one. Yeah, yeah. Good, this is the pocket one. Then I have a gray one. There's, I only have two. Well, I have a third. I have four sloth shirts, but the other two I don't normally wear. <laughs> you have four sloth shirts. Why? Those two. Those two are gym shirts because I like sloths. Okay. Yeah, I just think they're cute. I like sloths. Well. I was you're like, like a, you're American brain. I feel like we've kind of not lost much. <laughs> Everyone. Okay. See, all the comparisons so far you put forth, Matt, have been awful. All of them have been bad. I don't think I'm like Bryn. And then before this, you're like, you're like Samito, you know? I'm like, how do I, like, all the comparisons you put forth so far to me, I don't, I don't agree with. Well, I'm just way. getting them from other people. That's what other people are telling me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. So someone told you that I'm American Bryn. Yeah. yeah. You're, oh, you are okay. like a human, human sloth. You have, like, quite, kind of uh, sloth-like features. If you put my face over that, <laughs> over that sloth's face, that would be, it would fit perfectly. Yeah, I think it would. Look at how happy that animal is. <laughs> That's Has me. anyone been uh, following E3? It's going on yeah. at the moment as this is happening. What's... I actually haven't, no. No, Slime I haven't Rancher really Two. What? Slime Rancher 2! <laughs> what does that Slime mean? Slime Rancher 2! I don't even know what that is. It's He's Slime just Rancher 2. Uh, Slime Rancher 2. It's coming out. That... Halo multiplayer free-to-play? That's kind of pog. Uh, no, I want to catch slimes. What, what does Slime Rancher 2 mean? You're ranching slimes. You're, you're running a ranch mean? filled with slimes. You're there, farming you slimes. Capture, you're, far, you're capturing the slimes. Look, here's like the trailer for it. You're capturing the slimes and you're building little like habitats for them. They have cute little faces. Like, look at oh them. Look at the slime. Oh, this slime shit reminds me of uh, that stupid game I saw Jaws playing the other day, Bug Snacks, where you're just oh, like. Oh, Bug Snacks rolls. Bug Snacks is oh, so good. I mean, this what is so game. stupid. No, Why? it's not stupid. <laughs> this looks it's like a. Uh, this looks like Luigi's uh, mansion, minus Luigi and minus the yeah, mansion. Yeah, but look, you're, 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 putting them in like you're putting them in habitats. You, like, you make little like, uh, farms. And it's super cool. It's a dope. Wait, they grow? They're like, yeah, you, you can feed them. You can feed them. <laughs> Wait, so what's the, what's the goal of the There's game? There's combat. Uh, I don't, honestly, it's been a while since I played the first one, so I don't remember. It doesn't really matter because you're catching slimes. There doesn't have to be a goal. You're yeah. catching and planting Yo. slimes. This looks like Dark what, Souls, minus the dark and minus the soul. And you can get one of these a second one uh the first one must have did unreal the first one did really well it was very yeah. super popular really it popped yeah. off did it yeah it did i think it's just because you guys have a very narrow view of gaming you're like i only want to play overwatch i only <laughs> want to play the coolest hypest multiplayer game but it's like I, no there's more have, to life you can you can do slimes i have found myself losing um the 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 passion for new like quirky fun games i was watching seagull stream because he's just come back to streaming and he was i don't think it was e3 though but he was co-streaming something i think before e3 even began there was like another games release thing and there's so many of these like 2d platformer with uh, they're like got a lot of humor and personality and i was just like i don't give a fuck i'm yeah, sorry i don't want to be happy when i play my games i want to compete <laughs> don't give me these happy platformers and these Capturing slimes and bugs. I don't want any of that. You sound like a real gamer with a capital G. I want to be angry yeah. when I play games. I want to become Dude, frustrated. Uh, the Battlefield trailer looked pretty hype. 
You are such a gamer. I didn't see the battle. I didn't see the Battlefield trailer, so I don't, I don't have any opinion. Well, you know, Josh doesn't have to. He doesn't play games anymore. He just watches games, so it doesn't matter. Honestly, he's, he's looking at new true. games of like, oh, which ones have replays that I can just take other people's games and That's watch. Actually, them. totally true. I enjoy yeah. games, but I never get to play them anymore, and I never do. I um, yeah, look at this. There we go. Yeah, it looks like go. every other Battlefield the past ten years. Yeah, it, it does. does. It's crazy. It just yeah, but it's in 2042, so you can see the desertification of the Earth. Climate oh. change is hit. So look at that. That's pretty is good. It's it's realism. Is this the um is this the game where the developers said, yes, there's climate change and some big catastrophic post-apocalyptic yeah. scenario, but it's not look political. We just like the atmosphere. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> oh. yeah, sure, actually right. Battlefield 2042 is actually a Greenpeace initiative game, and they're just gonna be talking about climate change the whole time. So. There's like a big tornado, yeah. You see all the, the clouds coming in. Mm, all these cool. things are developed by Tesla. They all run on electricity. Every, the tanks. Everything's on electric battery. Yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk was streaming today on Twitch. Was he? Yeah, he was streaming? talking about uh, Elon Musk. He was talking about uh, Bitcoin. It, but whenever that man opens his mouth, it's just garbage that comes out. It is just rambling nonsense that comes out of that man's mouth. <laughs> you sound pissed that your Bitcoin is crashed. <laughs> I you didn't sound pissed. get into any That's of it. That's the problem. With I didn't you. buy anything. I, I'm not a Doge Vesta. Josh, yeah, Josh took like a month's worth of pay and put it into Dogecoin, and he's down <laughs> bad now. Oh, he's down yeah. real bad. Dude, I'm down so bad. I'll tell you actually why I am down bad. And you reminded me why? of this, Avast, when you were bringing up bug snacks, or Matt, when he was bringing up bug snacks, sorry. Hornets decided to invest into my walls. They decided to look at my walls and realize, yes, this is property that we're willing to invest in. And they started dragging mud inside the outer walls and what? building themselves like a little hovel with which to live in. And so now there's hornets just zipping in and out and in and out. And we had, uh, we had a, a pest terminator come over to try and get rid of them. Oh. And I went back outside to see whether he'd, he'd like succeeded in, in trying to remove them. And it seemed fairly good. And so I went out later on and they had just moved. They had just essentially, they had been vacated from one spot and they'd moved down the road a little bit and they just parked up in the next available unit. And they, they were angry. They were pissed. And they were chasing me around these hornets. They're like this big. They were battering at our windows. They're violent. They're angry, Matt. And I didn't know what Sounds to do like with them. Sounds like a movie. I mean, it was unbelievable. I was. I had to Not run. Like the Scorpion King had a scene like this. I know. I had to run into the woods and take shelter. I was being attacked by the hornets, and I got lost for yeah. many hours. And I, I, I just had no idea how to find out which new games were being released on E3. I just had right. no way of knowing while I was in the woods, lost and alone. But you know, wait, I you know, thought you were at home. Why were you in the woods now? Because I'd been Matt, chased did you even by the hornets. To the story? Did you even listen to the story? No, I've seen the Scorpion King. So what happened? I was chased in the middle of the woods, Matt, and I didn't understand which new games were being released. I knew yeah. that there was some trailer about Elden Ring, but I, I couldn't find it. I didn't know what to do. Oh, wow. And then I remembered. What? Got my phone, <gasps> don't I? Got my phone. And I decided oh. not to ring for help or use my GPS to find my way out of the woods. Instead, do, then? opened up T-Mobile's 5G connection. Yo. Yeah, and I pulled up the trailer, and I was like, "Whoa, this shit kind of pops!" And that's why T-Mobile is the one that you can trust. T-Mobile wants to be the best at connecting our people. T-Mobile wants to be the best in the world at connecting people to their world. 
With so much of our lives these days happening through a wireless connection, nothing but the best will do. We rely on wireless to do almost everything in life, from big deals to everyday connections. So if you can't rely on your network, it can have big consequences. You too could be chased by hornets into a wood, and you'd have no way out. You wouldn't know where to go, you'd be lost and alone, and you'd have to make friends with the wildebeests. Uh, you'd have to catch slimes and become a slime rancher. That's why you can't just trust this stuff to anybody. T-Mobile is the largest and fastest 5G network in America. With coverage and speed like this, why wouldn't you go with the best around, huh? Why? And why for transparency, you? you could have used a GPS or called using T-Mobile, uh, but you decided to look up the E3 games instead. So if oh, you get yeah. T-Mobile, you don't have to look up the games. You can actually call <laughs> for help um, or look up on a map as well. So. Yeah, it is, it is just a portal to communication. It doesn't limit you in terms of what you can actually do with it. Yes. It was my brain yeah. that limited me in terms of what I wanted to do with it. Yeah, it's very the much limited by the I was thinking the, of with the, the Hornets user. was The Mummy, but I think that's a part of the same thing as The Scorpion First of all, The Mummy is the first movie of this before The Scorpion King. The Scorpion right. King is the second Mummy, and The Scorpion King is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And then they, and then, yeah. you know, then they rebooted The Mummy with Tom Cruise, but it wasn't good. I, movies. I did Based generally have hornets well. in my walls, though, but thankfully, I think that... The you know, you just buy a hornet spray and just spray it. I think you're thinking of I, pepper spray for nope, stalkers. No, I'm not, because I, I have a hornet spray. It's meant for it's meant for a hornet like in their nest, and I just I've used it for my house, and it works just but, fine. But but also these these hornets were inside my walls. They'd gone underneath and into the walls. What oh do you yeah, that's to... a bigger issue. Yeah. That's anyway, true. anyway, yeah. the the issue as far as I can tell is solved. So it's 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 not a problem. It's not a problem. Oh, anyway. that's good. Yeah, let's 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 move on. Let's move on. Okay, big news this week. June joust concludes. Uh, the Shanghai Dragons. They end up coming out with the win. What a friggin' game. Ooh. I, after Sheesh. the first two maps, I was like, yo, this is going to be quick. I was worried. I was like, yeah, the June Joss going to run right on top of UFC. Basketball's already over. I was like, man, I was like, the, the Dallas is going to get rid of this quick. And then all of a sudden, Shanghai came alive. I think it was like their little break. I think they had won uh, like the third map. Uh, and then they got the break where Johnny and the desk like filled for a bit. After that, they came out and looked like a different team. Uh, the ball really, and I think you could see Dallas. I think you called it, Josh and Eichenwald, when they went like Roadhog, and then they tried to run yeah. the ball for themselves. You could tell they knew, like, uh oh, like oh, the uh, Roadhog came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, dude, it's, they actually won with the Roadhog, but you know that fight. But yes. yeah, at that yeah, point, there was mental defeat. You're just like, yep, well, fearless Winston not working. I don't understand how they went from playing like like they were just running so many weird things like against Dallas the first time, like the ball with the 76, the McCree, the Lucio Anna. Like, I, I almost am surprised it took them so long to just be like, hey, let's just copy this instead of playing Winston. We'll just play ball. And just commit to this. I think they, they tried running realize, it with a Torb as well. I didn't. I don't uh, think they realized how good it was to begin with. So they just thought that they yeah. would be able to, because you know, like the the comp that they came out with at the beginning was the Wrecking Ball. They had the Ana for the Bio Nades because Dallas Fuel's composition is incredibly yeah. heal reliant as well. So in theory, that makes some sense. And then they had double hit scan to be able to you know pepper them from off angles. It it makes some sense theoretically it's just it doesn't work because dallas are so good at being able to hunt down those individual targets and get rid of them um but you can you it, it feels like the kind of theory crafted composition that you would come up with and be like yeah this has got some 
some yeah. ways that it could win. You got you got some. Maybe they theoretical just didn't realize counters. how how strong like the Echo uh, Reaper with the 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 Moira Lucia was. Yeah, and just the mobility I think of Dallas because they were able to just run around the map and destroy the dragons when they were running the the Anna and like the Soldier Ash. But as soon as you become more mobile yourself and you just rely on the Wrecking Ball to disrupt, it gives you this enormous ability to stop everything that the Dallas Fuel are doing. And Fate played like a freak. Yeah, you gotta give him credit not only for sticking with the Wrecking Ball, but like improving and making it work the way he did. Because honestly, when they played Wrecking Ball at the start of the tournament, Fate had some pretty wacky moments. And it's just like, uh, part of it was we weren't sure that the Wrecking Ball was going to work at all. Also, I don't think that Fate's individual play like made it any better. Then it all came together all at once. Like Fate had some minefields that just like didn't make sense. Like no one could capitalize on it, and then it didn't synergize with the rest of the team. So like you you make it harder to get value from coalescence, like everything. But like the way they adapted in this match and just changed up how Fate played to harass like the Dallas Fuel backline, being annoying, making sure they couldn't engage. Like that that was the sort of pressure that no one else could really put on Dallas and that forced them to take it a bit slower and force them back a little bit. Like here, like it, like fate fate was by far the tournament MVP for making the wrecking ball yeah, work the way it I is. agree. Yeah. yeah, he was sick. I also think as well, without having played against like the composition that Dallas has right now, they they obviously don't have any scrim partners in APAC who are able to run this and run it to the same level as like Dallas or even, you know, Atlanta with how Atlanta looked on it uh, to where that first match against Dallas is probably just more of a feeler of like, this is like the speed and the tempo and how they play it. And because otherwise they have no way to know yeah. uh, where it's but how like wild they is started that? to learn as the tournament went on. They only had three days to learn how I to know. play this comp and they did it better than Dallas, who had been playing it for a, a month, and no one else could beat Dallas. No one was even close, well, honestly. It also kind of... Uh, it's funny because so many times in uh, Overwatch, it's like, well, this is the best comp. Like, let's just run it. Like, Shanghai thought they could make a better variation of this, right? <laughs> which which is like, well, who knows what everything would have looked like if you just saw Wrecking Ball run through more of the, the uh, June Joust, right? Uh, where they're yeah, the only yeah. ones to really run this composition, and Thing they proved in the end ultimately that it, it definitely paid off yeah personally when I, I think it is really cool that they adapted but i still think the moral of the story here is that apec was apec was wrong on the meta and they came in here not knowing what the meta was going to be and they're just lucky that dragons are such an insane team and they had like a really good adaptation with the ball that it worked out for them here but overall, when you watched APAC play and Dragons play in their first matches, they were not at all. They did oh, not have yeah, a good they were grasp miles of off. Well, right. If they if they would have committed to something that is more of what's run in APAC, you know, they would have gotten speed ran probably. Yeah, oh, definitely. and that's what happened yeah. the first day because they tried to play it a lot. I mean, it worked out versus like some weaker teams, but the, they had to swap off the comps they were playing and swap to a rush comp. I mean, like, interestingly, they were though, to play the rush. Weirdly, against Atlanta. Atlanta opted into the, the Shanghai Dragons Orissa comps a lot and let them get away with that, which I thought was really strange. I thought oh, that I mean, that's not, I mean, that's what Rain wanted to play, though. They want to play, they were never shown as like, they'd only shown that they could play the rush comps, not that they're masters of it, though. Like the entire stage, they were wanting to be on Orissa. So yeah, to me, that wasn't that strange. That's why I personally felt that Dragons were going to match up really well versus them because 
Rain, sure, they'd shown some good looks on Rush, but at the end of the day, they wanted to be on Arisacomp. Yeah, so it was a good See, matchup for, for Shanghai, but still, I, I thought they let him get away with a bit too much. Yes, I, I kind of agree with Josh, and I kind of mentioned that when we were casting it. It's like, I get this is kind of how Atlanta got here, you know, not exactly playing Rush, but their Rush looked really good against Dallas, and then they also had the benefit of seeing what Dallas did to Shanghai playing this, to where... You're putting Shanghai more in their comfort zone where they're able to play compositions like this uh, to where maybe the rush isn't the best look for Atlanta, but it's clear that it was bothering Shanghai to where now you allow Shanghai to play more in their comfort zone, like in their in a wheelhouse. So that's the only thing that I didn't really love about it. I mean, I, at I the end like of the this... day, though, Shanghai was by far and away the better team, because even if Atlanta yes. had gone to mirror the rush, Shanghai at this point had already figured out a lot of what was like going to work for them in the finals so i they also think yeah they just improved this is so where much. uh this is where kind of uh atlanta not having the experience of playing in you know games and events like this i think really hit them because uh what they lose to dallas they they win the first map against dallas if i'm not mistaken yeah uh they and then they it. lose the next three uh and then they came in here and just lost like a billion straight and i we uh we were on the co-stream for the first one, but after they lost that first series, you could tell how much it hit the players on Atlanta. Uh, I think you saw like uh, I know Iris really kind of shaken up by that loss. Uh, and and it's like well you had to you had to kind of get this team back on track because they had to play an hour later pretty much. Uh, to where I don't think they really shook that first loss off. It's clear yeah, that there's a dramatic that. difference between Dragons and Dallas and everyone else in the league right now. Just in terms of the, the like core fundamentals of what it means to be a team. They've done it in two different metas right now. That, or not even two different metas, because Shanghai have played a bunch of different shit. So I mean, it's like a wide range of compositions. Both teams look head and shoulders above everyone else in the league. The other people that we thought would compete, like Gladiators and Shock, they just have not been on the same level slightly. Definitely not. I mean... For me, it's just impressive as well that Dragons overall, I think there were some pieces that were underperforming, specifically like Li Gong, and they still pulled out a win here. That's what's so impressive to me, is that Li Gong was getting hunted because that's the target you're going to kill in this comp, is you're going to go for the Lucio a lot, and Li Gong is like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, that guy is like, I don't care if I'm being hunted. I'm still going to go take the frontline fight. And I'm like, yeah. that's madness. That's fucking crazy. I can't believe this guy's going to do that. And he did it every time. Died so often because of it and dragon still just won they still just I, won because they were able to just like work around the fact that they the did all displace them yeah. so much i mean they did lose a lot of the early maps where he was getting killed and dropping sound barriers and stuff like that like they i think he died on um he, he dropped a sound barrier on li Zhang. he dropped a sound barrier on some i think it might maybe it was numbani and then he dropped one on rialto as well yeah, was it, it was three in total yeah three yeah. in total and one fourth one that like barely got off but like no value, I think. But even still, like the point being, even the later maps, he was still being punished. It's more so like, to me, that's what's so impressive about Dragons is that even when Dra when Fuel had a clear win condition in their eyes of like, we're going to kill Dijagon and punish him repeatedly, they just said, they just worked around it entirely. Like they got so much value from their slams. Like overall, that's what I was so worried about their comp early on was like, and we talked about it earlier, how they didn't, they clearly had a plan, but they weren't executing it well with the ball. And it this, they got so much better at it better with it at the second day they just improved massively with how they worked around the ball and how they were going to use it to contest the point and like also just disengage and engage 
So to me, I was really, really impressed that even with a clear win condition for the fuel, being essentially a 5v6 relatively often, <laughs> they just actually played so well. I think one of the biggest differences for their first performance against Dallas for this one was just the echo being available for Fletter. I don't know what yeah. I don't know why he was so insistent on playing Soldier so much in this tournament, even towards the end on like Eichenwald and then he swapped to it on Rialto too at the very uh, sorry on uh, Junkertown at the very end. I don't I mean he got like two tack visor kills, but other than that. It's just you're doing a small amount of damage over time. That's most of it's getting healed up or eaten by a defense matrix anyway. It's yeah. pretty useless. And he was going for it over and over again. In that first match, they had nothing to combo with Fate's pile drives. He was like shooting a helix in that just got absorbed by Hanbin's defense matrix every time. And yet this time, as soon as the slam came through, Fledder would always time his flight to be able to get really close, put out the stickies, put out the try shot, try and kill Sparkle with focusing beam. They got the first pick or a huge amount of damage off those pile drives really often. And what, yeah. I mean, how the fuck did they expect that to work with Fledder playing soldier? Just pew pew in people know. that were getting pile drived. It was such a dramatic oh. night and day difference. I, I, the only thing I worry about Shanghai for the remainder of the season because I feel like Dallas will continue to be challenged and improve because of the, the level of teams that we've seen in NA. Uh, I don't know if that'll be the case with Shanghai. Like, I don't really see anybody in APAC who stands close to them in terms of, you know, challenging them consistently, giving them, you know, great games. Like, Dallas, uh, you know, even if you just look at the standings, right, and league points, they're number uh, two now behind the Dragons. But... Like you still have the shock who are seven and one overall, like uh, the outlaws who are seven and one gladiators are strong, like justice Atlanta, like Dallas is going to be continued to be pushed to get better where I don't know if you have that same caliber of team in APAC to rise up and push Shanghai. Well, the thing is you have so many different styles of teams in APAC as well. Like it's a really good practice environment actually for a team like the Shanghai dragons, because you have, Chengdu Hunters, who, despite picking up a bunch of new players, they're still sort of like the Chengdu Hunters. Um, Hangzhou Spark is a really good opponent with Shy. Um, Seoul Dynasty keep playing like super aggressive and just diving, sometimes playing like Genji Echo, like they all, the Digestion Roadhog. Like it's a really good region for multiple different styles. And so I actually think that Shanghai Dragons might be contested in the qualification games. But the thing about Shanghai Dragons is they just, like we mentioned so many times, they just download their opponents and they learn so fast and adapt so fast that I think they're consistently going to be one of the top dogs in the stage playoffs, like probably for the remainder of the year. That is what separates them and Dallas Fuel from all I mean, the other teams. It's like, I have, I think after this match, I have the same amount of respect for the Shanghai Dragons as I do the Dallas Fuel to some extent. And obviously the meta is going to affect like how strong both teams are. Like Dallas Fuel being able to play these super fast compositions, you know, can Shanghai Dragons play what they like to do? But I still have that same amount of respect for the Shanghai Dragons now in terms of like what they're capable of, how good their individual players are. Because at the start of the year, like they looked rough, man. Like that initial qualification games for May Melee, they looked bad. But now it seems like they figured most of their stuff out and they'll probably continue to experiment with compositions, you know, regardless of what the meta is. They're going to have some shaky games. But in the end, they always turn up for these playoff games, and they always seem to figure out exactly what they need to figure out in the very last moment. So 
I, I have a lot of respect for them, but I think they might be contested in the qualification games in APAC uh, because there are a lot of good teams there. But even then, like, uh, you know, obviously a very small sample size with only two tournaments thus far, but the APAC teams outside of the Dragons have only won two maps. It's like with both Chengdu, obviously, last time winning, they, they lost 3-1, then they lost 3-1 again. Like, uh, it's clear yeah. the Dragons, like, when you put them on the global stage, are way ahead of the other teams in APAC. But... Uh, but also, Shanghai had an insanely close game against Philadelphia last time to qualify for the sure. main melee. And I think if Philly had been able to get there, maybe they go on a little more of a run. And Philadelphia, to me, are the hope of APAC actually yes. having another competing team. Especially with Korea now looking to open its doors to vaccinated people from other countries, which starts July 1st, apparently. So... In theory, I don't, I mean, I'm not an immigration lawyer by any means, but in theory, that means that Philly should be able to get their full oh. squad involved on a shorter basis. Funny Astro's already in the country as well, ready to start scrimming with them. So that Philly team, if you think about it, the Dragons haven't, I don't think anyway that the Dragons have got significantly better than last year. I think they're a very mm -hmm. similar they're team. The same, yeah. Fate has changed the, the style of the team a bit, but I wouldn't say that they are dramatically improved from last year, which, in, in my opinion, means that Philly absolutely could be on their level completely in the regular season as long as they get their pieces working together and they, have, they don't have this like problem of being scattered across the globe. If they can yeah, actually would, uh, get their heads down for the rest of the season, there could be some serious competition in APAC. Yeah, that would put you at week uh, 12 uh, if, you, if you were able to get everybody in at oh, right. that date. So uh, that's after Summer Showdown qualification games? Uh, no, that's the second week of the Summer Showdown. Oh, okay. Because uh, we have this next one off. Uh, and then that we start uh, on the 25th. So let's say that second, right? Like you, you, you got everybody through the door ASAP, right? Yeah. Uh, but well, Astro's already it, there. EQO's already there as well, right? So we're only really so you're just Shockwave at, and Poco. Yeah, it's just Shockwave and Poco. Yeah. So um, I think you can start to have more expectations of Philly. But if you get a tournament and a half with those players, you know, I would be... I, I think... I agree with you. I think Philly is probably the other team that comes out of APAC that can contest some of the other teams. Uh, I still think maybe? they have to like show that though. I like I'm not going to take them for granted being that team. Like I think they've had a shaky season. They like the entire roster haven't played with each other for a very long time now with Funny Astro and Poco and all that. Like restoring that takes probably a little bit of time. What about the honeymoon period you talked about? Well, it's no. I don't <laughs> so like so they, they they don't get a honeymoon oh, period. Honeymoon, honeymoon, no, the honeymoon period only works when the team when well, you see the results already. The honeymoon. No, period. there's too many factors, Matt. You wouldn't. Honeymoon, oh, there's too many. Historically, though, honeymoon periods yeah. do only apply to new rosters. If you try and reform an old roster, you don't get another honeymoon period. <laughs> well, they're Otherwise, getting the band back together. It's like yeah. it's like the A team. Or, is know, new. Like... Otherwise, people would just kick someone and then re-add them back to try and get that same feeling. I mean, again. why? I mean, uh, but no one's big brain enough to think about that yet. The first. Point. If you get the band back together, then it'd be like, oh, now we have to be great because the band is back together. Mm, and yeah. maybe you aren't. And then you go down that spiral. I think Hydro Spark is the outsider team for APAC that could I potentially no... level up in the summer showdown and be that second team for APAC. Yeah, I was going to say Hung Show. I had faith uh, in no, them. I've lost no faith. faith in them. I have no faith. You really? lost faith. Uh, no when, faith. I watched their 
watching their qualification games and watching them play Anna Brig and Winston Zaria again <laughs> was like, what are you? Are you trying to rewind the clock? You've just missed the. You've missed the entire, the entire point of the June joust. I feel like they're they're still let down by this coaching staff that is just. I I. It's not a unique problem to the Spark because everybody in APAC missed the meta by a long shot. But at least some teams like Shanghai, they were at least playing the Orissa comps that were secondary to the meta, you know? Like a lot of NA teams were still finding success playing Orissa. Orissa comps were still good. Going all the way back to playing Double Bubble with Anna Brig is just... It's a bit brain-melting to me. It's like there's so much potential in the Spark... And Shy might be able to carry them, but on a strategic level, I don't think they're ever going to be anywhere close to the Shanghai Dragons. Until that aspect gets fixed, I have no hope. Because what makes Shanghai and Dallas great is that they're great in every meta. They, they have really smart, intelligent players that understand their role on the team, how to, um, how to shift play styles to be able to be good in metas, how to very quickly get on board and figure out what's good, if we were talking about Dallas as well. The Spark don't have that. They just have... They just have talent. They don't have really flexible, excellent players or a good team system to be able to make that stuff work. I think they're still quite a long shot away. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, from maybe the last 10%, I agree with. But, you know, there are a few asterisks here. Like, for example, I think Hangzhou Spark was one of the first teams in the, in the June Joust to come out and playing the Echo Reaper stuff. And yeah, they played Brigana, like you said, and like it didn't work in the end. But they still had that team identity and figured out what they wanted to play before anyone else and looked really good doing so. So, you know, Wasn't it the Ash I agree for them? with you. Wasn't that the comp? I thought they, they were playing uh, Ash, yeah. Were shy on I Ash? I think they were playing... They went to Reaper Echo oh. afterwards. Oh, Maybe. yeah. yeah they might have played both. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because Shy played as a Echo too. But that's it might true. Have been, that's true. Yeah, no, that's true. That's both. true. Yeah, it is both. It is both. Yeah, but they, they looked like they had team identity. They looked like they had figured things out. The meta went a different way. They probably couldn't catch up, and th they looked appalling in that New York match. But <laughs> I mean, I want to. I yeah. Yeah, I, I want to just before we move on from the Shanghai Dragons because we've talked about a lot of different stuff here with our title being the Shanghai Dragons win. I want to take a moment to just talk about Lip again. Because when whenever we're having these MVP conversations, Fearless is running away with it, right? He just feels like the 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 head of the pack by a long shot, especially if Dallas had been able to wrap this up. You're thinking, is it is it Fearless? Is it Sparkle? That uh, uh, Jonathan had a fantastic tweet about Sparkle potentially running for three out of four of his stage titles since turning 18. But when you look at Shanghai, to me, the impact that Lip is able to have and the flexibility that he's um, showcased this season, pulling out the Tracer for the May Melee, pulling out the Doomfist for the June Joust in some of their games, and being able to survive for so long and have such a large impact on the on the Reaper. Now, I don't know whether he was necessarily better than Doha over the course of the June Joust. I don't know whether I'd say that. But over the course of the season, this guy's been a phenom. And I, I feel like he is going to start to be in the running for some kind of league MVP uh contest here if yeah. the shanghai dragons continue playing like this and he can demonstrate excellence in another couple of metas he's got to be a name that you have in the hat Absolutely. yeah I, I think with fair. how yeah with how open things are this year it feels like we don't have i mean maybe you would say fearless is like the favorite right now but you don't even feel you know uh overwhelmingly great about that like you know if dallas sort of missed the next two tournaments right and somebody like the shock and the, you know bounce back like maybe then it changes but like we don't have a team that's been like 
dominant this year, I feel like, to the point where, like, last year it was clearly going to be, like... I think know, it's pretty fair to say or... Dallas has been pretty dominant since they won the first tournament and have been steaming through NA still, right? Like, Shanghai's yeah. dominance is, like, not... Like, they've been good in APAC, I... and, like, but they had a tough-fought match here for the second. They lost the first tournament, like... But Dallas I mean, is still currently the Dallas clear. just doesn't feel as like dominant as some of the teams we've seen in the past. So I don't know. What sure, they don't feel like that, shock but... in 2019, yeah. 2019 well, or 2020. Even. Haven't Dallas yeah. actually lost more regular season games than the Dragons as well? I think if anything, yes. the Dragons are actually... in a region. I mean, Dallas is Dallas is five and three with a plus seven map differential in the regular season. Yeah, they are I'm, definitely in a tougher region for sure. But I don't think I don't feel comfortable at the moment saying that Dallas are more dominant than the Dragons are. Honestly, they feel very tit for tat in my opinion. Like both are both are at the top of their their respective regions. Dallas have lost more regular season games, but like you say, that could be explained away by them being in a tougher region. But like the the finals of the previous tournament being four two and this one four three, I don't feel like it's enough to really push Dallas. Like a ahead of shanghai too that's much that's fair they feel yeah, very I mean, neck and neck that's that's fair yeah dallas that's has fair. come up huge in like the qualifier games to make it to these points i don't think you could take that away from them but if you just looked at their record over the regular season i mean it's the same exact record as the justice but they just uh obviously have the tournament win and then yeah. the second place to back that Which, up that's what it matters right like yes. that's how they're getting the yeah. extra league points that's in itself is an accomplishment for sure um but yeah, to me, it, it does kind of feel like a two-horse race, though. In the past, we've often had seasons where it felt like a one-horse race. Well, it, that hasn't always been the case. In 2018, it was clearly NYXL was just above and uh, beyond everybody else. And in season three, we had the shock just above and beyond everybody else as well. But in... Um, 2019, there was Titans and shock. Exactly. And that's what yeah. this season feels like to me. It feels like a serious rivalry that we have again between two top-level teams. I don't know which one is which, though. Who's who is the team that burns bright at the beginning and then filters out a little bit towards the end, and who's on kind of the upwards oh. trajectory? I don't know that you can tell at this point whether yeah, it is Dallas no or Shanghai. It's too early, I think, because we we don't know what Philly looks like with their full roster. It's not like the Shock and the Outlaws are bums. Uh, I I still feel like there's other teams, like even uh what when you talked about the Titans and the Shock, uh like. The gladiators and i think the spark were like third fourth that year uh if i remember correctly i think uh, nyxl actually was third and spark was fourth. Oh, okay. gladiators uh, were fifth, but, but yeah but like neither of those teams felt like they could really contend for those top two or i feel like there are some teams that like could pull it together this season to get into the conversation who would you have i mean to me it doesn't really feel like anyone's right there it just feels like a a, a mess of teams that could, but there's no one that I would put my money on. I mean, it, well, I, I I didn't say I would put my money on it, but like, but like, could Shock or like the Outlaws or even Philly with a full roster kind of come together this second half of the year? I think those uh, are definitely outside shots, though. Even the Shock, a lot of it is based on historic knowing what these players and one. teams are capable of. Yeah, they're seven and one, it for sure, but. Yeah, I mean, they they just haven't, in their games, they haven't demonstrated that, um, that they have extra the best level. Map differential. They have the best map differential in NA. How, why, are you, why are you talking about map differential, not talking about strength of schedule, man? I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
have they had I don't feel like they've had a crazy easy one, have they? Well, I mean, they, they know that. The thing is, they've, they've played good outlaws, teams. They've beaten Florida, good teams. Atlanta. Beaten yeah, I mean, they've played they've beaten good justice. Like, the thing is, Shock, to me, is actually the closest to breaking it. To the yeah, I mean, they because haven't they haven't played any of the bad teams. I mean, they played like the Titans, right? But like all their other games are against good teams. Uh, yeah, I think Shock are the closest to breaking into like the conversation again because Outlaws their schedule has been way too fucking easy this stage, and they didn't yeah, their make it. Schedule like, gets crazy. There's it's just no, and also crazy. yeah, the fundamental problem like Rain also still a team that they did really well this meta, but I still I think it's because they were able to pull out the Arisa stuff very early, and they had the best Echo in the league potentially with. Yeah pelican and like they don't feel better resilient I mean, to what? me what? like i don't know who else i can put other than shock because yeah. like i don't yeah. spark like maybe in apex you say oh maybe fusion uh, gets together right but who the fuck knows right we've never uh, seen this team like this current the shock have had the shock have had one game through their first eight that didn't feature a team that uh didn't go to a qualification tournament yeah Shocker, well, wait, it was just close. the Titans. It's like every team that they played made it to a qualify, like a oh, knockout. Right, right, in, yeah, like, yeah. So outside that, yeah. of the Titans, no, the like, shock have been impressive, but I feel like when you watch the shock this year, they don't, they, they've never excited. Well, I say they've never excited me. At the beginning, they definitely had moments of it, but I, do, I've never really believed that they had what it took to be the best team in the league. Whereas when you look at other teams, there's like these flashes, these moments where it's like, holy shit, these guys are clicking on all cylinders. And it might not necessarily be, um, it doesn't even have to be the cleanest win in the world, but sometimes you can just tell that a team is pounding and they, they look like they have it. And I feel like Shocker, they're, they're, they're getting through all their games, but they aren't demonstrating excellence. I know that's insanely vague. It's very wishy-washy. We, we definitely yeah, need a phrase for this because, like, the, the, the difference maker sometimes when you talk about, like, elite teams and then, like, the Shanghai Dragons and the Dallas Fuel, it's like, what, what, you, when you, what do you talk about when you say it? It's like this kind of hive mind thing we talk about with Dallas Fuel where everything just, like, happens based on instinct. Everyone knows their role. Everyone knows the target, the goal, what they're trying to achieve. And it's just like playing out like a movie because it's just flawless. But then you have teams that are like close to that moments of brilliance, like the shock, like the spark, uh, sometimes even the Washington justice, you know, in their best moments, they have these like moments of brilliance where everything clicks for them. But then there are some moments where it's like, oh, like that was a bad speed boost. There was like a bad Winston leap, you know, and like you lagged for a little bit, like almost in your thought process. So I definitely know what you're talking about when you say it, like they're missing it. Um, but I think I don't think I've seen one team that has more of that than the others. Like even the Atlanta Reign, they had some of that going for them in the right matches this stage, I felt like. When they were like playing their um, Risa composition and uh, Pelican was phenomenal on the Echo. But sometimes it just, like they felt like a world beater. Like they felt like one of the best teams. Like they felt like the best teams um, in so moments in the gym jobs, but it's like then you go up against the Shanghai Dragons, then you go up against the Dallas Fuel, and they're just so next level. It's insane. Yeah. So I know what you mean, but I don't. I don't really see one team that is close to what Shanghai Dragons and Dallas Fuel are capable of right now. It's just like the, the, 
they are the two teams in the gulag and everyone's just waiting around the ring for their turn <laughs> to step inside and have a go at it because it yeah. just feels like no one is really close to and NYXL and Amantra are throwing stones from the balcony yeah <laughs> <laughs> let us in we're yeah. good that sounds about right um I want to move on to uh 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 what the heck was the next topic for some reason my phone scrolled up uh Dallas Fuel um, let's focus in on them a little bit and kind of the story from their perspective of the June joust, it felt like it was their tournament to lose and they did. I, I think that going up 3-1 in a final and not being able to find that final map win is pretty devastating for that team. Um, they were so close to being able to get the back-to-back -back stage finals and they just couldn't pull it together. They lost on control. They lost on escort. They lost on, I think, hybrid as well to be able yeah. to like finish out that series. Those are those are map types or, or maps that we've seen them win on before. And it wasn't like, yeah, it was the same thing happening all throughout the series. There, there weren't any weird curveballs being thrown by Shanghai. They ran the same composition the whole time. And Dallas Fuel, for the first time this season, it felt, didn't come up with the right adaptation. Well, it's just the first time that we've really seen them like you know, not being able to play some things kind of backfire for them. Like, obviously, we kind of talked about Atlanta, you know, taking the matchup uh, with the Arisa and whatnot, uh, which Shanghai. And I, I mentioned I didn't really you know like that from Atlanta, but like Dallas almost didn't have an option to just this is all they could do. Right. Uh, and then when it didn't work they didn't really have anything to move away from this uh or even try anything else and then maybe because like you know the the sombra and the tracer are out because of the the hero pool and whatnot uh i think it still kind of hurts though to to have another team figure out kind of how to play against uh you know what you're running but not have any course of action to fight back against it I don't even well, I mean, really is that a Dallas fuel problem? Because I don't think there's any comp they could have played differently that would have been better other than mirroring this, right? And, like, the thing right. is, they just... But I don't think it's because they're bad at the ball. I mean, Fuel was pulled out, and, like, he didn't look as good as Fate, but if he had played against any other team, they would have played this comp and won. It's just the fact that they didn't practice this comp. And he was also like, playing it on the fly. Uh, yeah, like, they didn't, like... they didn't practice this comp. There's no way they're ever going to be as good at it as anyone else, right? Like, to me, this is just Dragons pulling out a really good adaptation. And personally, I don't think Fuel... Legitimately, did I thought I think this what Dragons did was a great counter strategy and how they were playing it, but I don't think they got hard counter comped. I think at the end of the yeah. day, Fuel just kind of ran out of steam a little bit when you watched them. They just couldn't finish fights like a lot. They could not finish fights. They were not able, especially on cart. Their cart presence was terrible too. Like Fate, one of his adaptations, they started pressuring point a lot more heavily. After he would do the slam, he would just roll the point on like escort or hybrid maps, and he would just make sure the cart never moved. Like, at yeah. any point, you'd make sure the card ever moved. And Fuel never had any idea. Like, you would be watching fights, and, like, Fuel would go for an engage, and Dragons were just like, fuck that! Like, we're going to the cart! Like, and we would just go fight the cart. Like, and, like, every time Fuel lost on cart a lot. On all on the maps that they lost, they lost on cart a lot. And that was really, to me, it didn't feel like a counter-comp issue. It felt like Fuel lost sight of what the objective was. Well, it, it comes also back to, like, they never practiced against this. It's, like, so genius. Yeah. Like, who the fuck plays the ball in NA? Like, we don't, we didn't, the entirety of June Jals, we didn't talk about people's minefields and people's slams. We talked about Smurfs' primal rages. We talked about Fearless primal rages. Like, who are the best Winston players in the world? And that is, like, honestly, what makes this Shanghai Dragons composition so damn impressive. It's like that yeah. they pulled out the Wrecking Ball and made it work when no one else did or even thought about doing it. So, 
I agree. I agree with Avas completely about the card presence. And it just felt like Dallas Fuel. They hadn't practiced against the Wrecking Ball. They didn't know how to counter it. They had no experience on the Rebelt. So, yeah, Something, I really agree, agree with Avas. Do you think? Uh, do you guys think Shanghai? Uh, obviously, after their first loss to Dallas, and with some of the shit, uh, you know, everybody from NA was having a good fun laugh on Twitter uh, yeah. about it. And you saw some of the tweets from Shanghai after they came back and won. Do you think a little bit of it got a little bit personal where they kind of they felt they were getting memed on like, dude, it, and they were like, uh, you know, I saw Hunter's tweets and then fate tweeting him back and forth. Like, I, I feel like there was a little bit of like almost playing for the pride of APAC a little bit that they were just coming in and getting dumpstered on that first day. Uh I, I don't think that kind of helps them like lead to a victory, but I definitely think it had a, a little bit more behind it from Shanghai in the second matchup. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. could see that. I mean, knowing Fate's personality and his from his time when he was on mixed rosters, I'm sure that it probably propelled Fate a little bit, at least, at the very least. Not yeah. sure about the rest, but definitely Fate. Uh, I also think that the comments on Twitter are also the insecurity they felt about how bad their compositions were. If you if you put yourself <laughs> yeah. out there with a wild comp, then you know you're taking a risk, right? Like you know that you're go going for some wild theory and you're you're towing that thin line between it's genius and madness. And then when it blows up in your face, you're like, oh fuck, that was so bad. And then when everyone's clowning on you, you're like it's like the the Arnold meme where the the <laughs> shaking fist. Uh, you're like, oh, fuck. I don't think they truly believe that it was wild though, because I partially just because of the fact that like they were just able to clown all the other APAC teams with like these comps because they're just so much better than all these other teams currently <laughs> in APAC. Like yeah. the thing is, I don't think they themselves were like, this is a wild strategy we've adopted here. We've been in the lab secretly. Moon's been crafting this up. This is a, a this is a brand secret, like the Coca-Cola formula. The, the but the thing is, it's not that. Days. They legitimately believe this is a well-crafted comp that was like, well, we can play the angles and like teams won't know what to do against this. But without realizing, like, they were just beating up on New York. Like the whole, <laughs> like they were just beating up on New York, like, and no one really knew how to challenge it because they're just so much better fundamentally than every other APAC team. Like yeah, I, I personally like uh, Fusion is the only hope for APAC for me simply because they still have a new roster they can put forward. Like they're they could come back with a new roster and see. I have no hope in Spark. I Spark sent preseason. I have no hope. I don't <laughs> trust them at all. They papiged last stage. They absolutely papiged this stage. Like Fusion at least has a new roster they can put forward. But right now APAC seems like they their teams <laughs> are weak and they don't know what's happening. And it's not because of like player skill. It is literally just because they just don't know what the fuck's happening. Like it is weird with the meta like how they've struggled with the meta this March. And maybe it's a bit of a recency bias from me because it happened so specifically in the June joust. But no, it, it happened last stage too, a bit. I mean, they only got, sure. the, yeah, I mean, they didn't really, they weren't incredible when we got to the playoffs last year, uh, the last stage. Yeah, I mean, Studio Hunters though. tried to do no, their own thing as well. And Florida I reminded Mayhem that and, Philadelphia uh, Fusion were running double shield attack on Volskaya. Yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> as bad as June Joust. Like it wasn't as off the mark. But when you see still see it, it's like clearly the teams are something is not clicking in the APAC region. And it's not because of skill. It is just because like weird, weird coaching decisions, weird meta reads. Well, I think they all don't believe they can uh, do it better than everyone else. I think they all, I think it's like... Not necessarily arrogance, but just confidence in their own ability to forge the meta themselves. It's like what would happen if Dallas were bad. They still believe that they could make their own meta, 
and then they just try it and it would fail. But they have so much confidence in themselves that they are able to do that that it ends up just creating a clown fiesta all over APAC. Whereas I think teams in North America have been humbled a bit by shock just shitting on their heads for years. And so now they're like, okay, that is good comp. We play good comp. We try to get good with good comp. Um, Definitely, it's only Dallas that I would describe as being a very creative team. I suppose, actually, that Atlanta and Gladiators did come up with some really interesting uh, stuff in terms of the Arisa comps. Like, I would never have thought to play Moira Brig with the Arisa yeah. Diva, and I don't think I would have thought to play Reaper Torb either, though the Torb does make more sense because it's super tanky. But Moira Brig as a backline for an Arisa comp is... It's a bit out there. Like, that takes some theory crafting to come up with to be able to play the That, that so feels like a tilt pick in scrims. Like, uh, a main support just, like, tilting on Lucio or something and just be like, yeah, I'm dying all the time. I'm going Brig. And then you're stuck with Mario Brig and then you're like, oh, this actually kind of works, you know? Like, that. that's unbelievable. I've never seen it, like... To be fair, I didn't like, like the Reaper portion of that. I much preferred it when they played, like, Torb Echo or something because I actually hated the Reaper because he's just, like, sitting there. He just sits there. It feels <laughs> like, very deathballish. So you play very, Brig, yeah. Tor, Brig. But it's not even like... deathballish because you can't go forward. Like, you can't, like, you're just static. It's like when, because they played this comp too. Like, New York, when they played, they played that comp with, like, the, the Reaper, Torb, or, like, what was it? It was the Reaper something, yeah. but they played with the Brigida, Moira, the Brigida Moira. Yeah, it's really And it was just so slow, and it's so bad. I much prefer it when they played with the Echo. When they played, like, Echo Torb, I actually much prefer it. Or even, like, a McCree. But, like, something other than Reaper. Because, like, God, Reaper just feels so bad and without the... Lucio. The other major comp uh, question that I wanted to ask you guys your opinions about is when Dallas first played against Shanghai, Shanghai did try to bring out the Wrecking Ball, and Dallas were running a lot of Doomfist. Now, I don't think the Doomfist from Sparkle was because of the Wrecking Ball. I think he was running Doom because they were expecting Arisa compositions a lot from Shanghai, and it didn't end up working out like that, but he ended up running the Doomfist just a lot anyway because he was stuck on it on defense. But what I noticed in that initial match was that the Doom was really effective at being able to stop Fate's value on Wrecking Ball. He was getting uppercut, he was getting punched when he was going in for the engagements, then he was getting booped by Jexa, and you have Jexa and Sparkle just able to control Fate's Wrecking Ball so much. That didn't end up happening at all in the final. They never went for that in the slightest. Even when it got to Junkertown, a map where Sparkle has been playing a ton of doom recently to try and counter other arisa comps that they've been running into or widow comps or whatever they they didn't try to bring it out they were mostly just playing the uh the the standard this is them playing in their opening match i think right this was them beginning on Busan. yeah i mean it was versus the arisa that they played this yeah and this i don't but they also I, played I it against ball too and i feel like it could have been instead of going for like fearless hog this could have been something to try or am I just off the goop? I felt I mean, like it actually it, did work. Possible. It's possible, but I look at this and I feel like for that to work properly, you essentially require Sparkle to be hitting a perfect bat. Like his batting average has to be insane. For yeah. This to be really good because it he does. has to hit like every punch. Because but, you don't really stun lock the ball other with anything other than the punch. No, but I so. don't think you have to stun. You don't have to kill fate. What you're trying to do is just stop him setting up for pile drives or knockbacks, right? You only need like a little punch to just make sure that he loses all his momentum and has to run away again. And then your composition can engage. So I don't think you actually have to kill him. You just have to stop him getting his value. But if you think about how the fate was playing team. too, fate was playing really far, was not really playing nearly as close to the fights as he was in the first day when they matched up. 
And so he learned a lot better, like, okay, I'm going to swing around the edge of the fight and then pile drive in and then get out. And so how does Sparkle stop it when Fate's on cart? And then True. he just sets up yeah. him up. Like, there's, he would have yeah. to use his own cooldowns to put himself in a position to stop Fate. And in my opinion, I don't feel like that would be very optimal. It could work. The thing is, if there's one thing Dallas could do, they could pick a comp that you don't think is going to be super optimal. They play it super well, and it could stop this. But to me, I feel like that's... It, it's it's kind of like the Orisa comp in general, the counter dive. It's like... It works, it's possible, but you have to play it at an extremely high level and you can't make any mistakes compared to just yeah. playing something a little bit more standard. Yeah, the Reaper feels more consistent, for sure. And if you're in map 7 of a finals and you're like, let's bring out the Doom, feels like a, feels like a bit too tilt much pick. of a risk. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Not, not much of a tilt pick. Like, I could see it work, you know, with what you're saying, but like, you haven't practiced it um, against the way, at least that Fate played in that way and you're trying to come up with an answer i feel like the reaper being able to wraith you know away from diva bombs being able to engage death blossom to play space like it's just more consistent so you know doomfist could have been better it could have been a better pick but in that's in the scenario they were in and given how close the match was i feel like reapers just the doom was good versus the rest of though yeah i know i'm just i'm telling you well to be fair i was thinking it was right versus all comps and it really is only kind of good versus the Orisa. it's not very good versus anything else so yeah i i i like this um I, I love the idea of just throwing out a ton of takes at the beginning of every stage and then you just pick up on the ones that were right and you just yeah. run with them at the end I'm, some teams uh, get a honeymoon some teams don't you know sometimes it's the doom sometimes it's not because uh, yeah. bold pick in uh, week one of the doom jobs was that we'd see a ton of roadhog so when Fearless walked over to the Roadhog, I was like, right, the Roadhog! <laughs> yeah, but then it wasn't good, and it was fucking it was, yeah. it just got like farmed. It, yeah. it, was, it was hilarious when Fearless went that Roadhog, and just like, yeah. oh, <laughs> it, it, just everything about it, just like surrendering the Winston pick, going to Roadhog <laughs> out of all heroes, that team fight just like playing around cart just fucking sucking your thing and hooking people he got a call he got a moira during a coalescence and i was like did, oh yeah. shit <laughs> yeah couldn't i don't think he got a single kill though he just canceled call and ran around and <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it yeah he just yeah. canceled call yeah, yeah he just yeah. It and hung out um my my bold prediction for the june joust was that Atlanta would manage to scrape through in a 3-2 win over the Shanghai Dragons and then come back in a glorious 4-3 win over, over the uh, Dallas Fuel at the end. If you, if you flip Atlanta and Shanghai, <laughs> that kind of did happen. But <laughs> it's, uh, it, was not, it was not to be. The Atlanta reign, if we're talking about ru running out of gas... I mean, my God, it felt like Atlanta ran out of gas. They also, I don't know whether you guys know this, but they opened their first match when they played against uh, NYXL. Yeah. Hawk fat-fingered a Diva ult and then Gator fat-fingered yes. a Primal. Back-to-back -back fights, they fat-fingered their tank <laughs> ultimates. That, to me, also the way in which they were playing, which in the New York game especially, considering that should have been such an easy win, seemed really sloppy with way more mistakes than I was used to. I felt like you could see the nerves from the very, very beginning of Atlanta's run. Yeah, I mean, they just, uh, maybe the moment was just a bit oh, big here for it is. more. Yeah, Hulk just so, presses Q. I remember we were casting this, and I was like, that's, uh, I think I, I tried to say that that was, a, he was trying to get his mech back, but I was like, that's very odd. This whole series 
was bizarre. Uh, New York actually playing this wrecking ball comp, which uh, I guess they may have gotten from Shanghai, uh, ended up not working out for them. But I think for Atlanta, they also went in. I, I think you could have said, uh, you know, nerves was going to be a thing for them, but they also started to like creep up into territory where people were starting to pick them as like a favorite, which I think even adds like more pressure to the team. Like hearing lots of people say like, oh, I you know they, they can play all these different comps. They look great against Dallas. You know, Pelican looks like the best echo. Like uh, it starts to compound a lot, especially when you haven't been in that situation. This is the team that's always been kind of the the gatekeepers, never like the the world beaters. And I think what when things were going right in Hawaii, like, you know, once they beat uh, New York, they win that first map against Dallas. Uh, they had all the confidence in the world. As soon as they lost, it all crumbled apart. Like, it all fell down real quick. I mean, it is very different going somewhere you're not used to. You know, but you've been sitting at your home for an hour, for a year now during COVID, yeah. playing with your homies, you know, hanging out, you got your routine down. And it's like, hey, you got to get on a plane. You got to get a COVID test. You got to go on a plane. You're going to go to this hotel. You're going to go to this area and you're going to practice here. And it's just like, it's so different. I mean, I mean at least it was for me because I sucked at LAN. Uh, but I don't know for other players as well. It's like just the way your your voice like echoes around the room, all the noise around you, just like it affects everything really. Um, so, I mean, I, it, I, it's not like uh, they're just playing in isolation for the, like they've probably been playing in a practice room with each other. Like this is just taking their practice room and moving it to. No, but it, it's different though. It's a different vibe. You, you it's not like your the gravity either. of the moment feels different. Yeah. You know. You get less practice time because you're traveling. You got media, obliga media obligations, all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, you got a schedule. You got, you know, people to take you places. And it's like everything's a little bit different. And Atlanta haven't been in that scenario like a ton of times. So, you know, yeah, it sucked. They went out in third, though. Third is really good. And it is still uh, good. this was a they fantastic got... experience. Yeah, it's one, it's got... one spot better than last at the, the they also event. They got an extra league point, which they is did, important yeah. for them. It's genuinely really important. They, uh, um, I don't know yeah. if it actually boosted them. Let me take a look at the standings. But... I think they were like four and four or something, right? They were like dead in the middle four, of the four. table. They end, up getting a, they end up getting that fifth league point. So that actually puts them, you know, uh, dead tie with the Florida Mayhem, which is funny because we talked so much earlier in the season about who was better and they are yeah. now in, yeah. in an actual Yeah, tie. it really uh, is. <laughs> uh, uh, which... Also, uh, Florida that, came were... third when they made it to the main melee, too. Yes. So, I mean, uh, both teams with an extra league point. Nearly similar. Uh, which, uh, prior to this, they were tied with uh, Toronto and only one game up on Boston and Paris. So, uh, the one point doesn't seem like a lot, but it ties them with the Florida Mayhems, the Justice, uh, and, and just the Justice, yeah. Yeah. Renee. Yeah, and, and overall, I don't feel like this was a terrible showing from Atlanta. Uh, I just feel like it was... Um... It's a good learning experience. Yeah, it was a necessary learning experience, and it was underwhelming compared to what I felt like their potential was. And and I've seen a lot of people just being like, oh, Sideshow, overhyping Atlanta, same as the preseason. But I, I do want to, I mean, I'll accept that for sure. But it wasn't just me. It wasn't just like I, crazy Eggman thinks Atlanta are good. The uh, Yiska did a, 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 a thing... I think he did an article, but this might have been a video, I'm not sure, where he went and talked to a bunch of the Western coaches to try and get their predictions for who was going to win the June joust. And more people said Atlanta than said the fuel, um, which I think was partly because a lot of people approach it strategically, thinking, well, 
Atlanta can play both compositions, and they actually did look really good when it came to the the mirror comp as well when they were playing the the rush. They managed to beat San Francisco on it. They beat Dallas on it on control as well. It seemed reasonable to expect that they might be able to snag a couple of maps and then snag a couple of maps playing Arisa comps. Um, but they just couldn't live up to that expectation. And I also think that they they kind of strategically chose the wrong compositions at the wrong times too. I would have liked to see them lean more heavily into maps like Hollywood or Dorado against Dallas and try to play Arissa stuff or long-range hitscan stuff there. And instead, they just... I, I can understand why, because they beat them on control playing the mirror. But I would have preferred for them to lean more into what they were good at and try and put, put the Dallas fuel in. Yeah, put fuel in a bit of an uncomfortable scenario. And then when they played against Shanghai, they played into Shanghai's comfort. So they actually deliberately themselves picked Dallas's best maps and Dallas's best heroes and Shanghai's best maps and Shanghai's best heroes when they were when they had the choice of potentially where to shift things. Um, we saw Kai pop off a lot during this stage, but they played Edison way more this weekend than I think anybody expected because they, they went with the Reaper most of the time. And that well, might be, be fair, because I mean, they, they were that was winning against in scrims the, or whatever. It was for like the APAC stuff too, where like they were going to play against New York and Shanghai. And so it's like, well, these teams don't want to play against the Rush was the call and so we're going to play Edison more because we've shown we can play the rush now. But they didn't actually and they didn't actually play rush that much against Shanghai. I mean they did still that's play That's true. They some did not rush Shanghai, but the point being is like that's why we saw Edison more at yeah. least versus like New York was because like well we want to play like the and then versus fuel because but it's like But do you not like, think okay, it's weird here? Like why not uh, pick Dorado? Well, it's not and go that weird here Kai. because they had one control and they're like I think this is like this is what we talked about earlier when we talked about nerves. This is they the This this is generally what I don't I don't agree with a lot of like this when we go for like the intangible calls as outside perspectives, it's very hard to make that call, but it's actually pretty easy to see when it comes to compositions and teams that haven't been to land a lot because like fuel lot, even fuel lost themselves because of a composition thing on like Eichenwald where they were stuck. They stuck on the Doomfist way too long on like Eichenwald when they were playing dragons. And it was just because like, well, we're locked into ults. Like we're locked into ults. We have these ults. We're going to stick on it. And that's a very experienced team. A team that's gone to land that has like a very, a lot of confidence, a lot of strength. And like now you take Atlanta, a team that hasn't been to a land yet here. And they're kind of falling behind when they thought they had all this confidence. That's, it's really easy for everyone to be like, okay, we just got to play rush. Like the, right now I could just, if I'm a player in that situation, as someone that's been there, like, it's just like, you could just be like, oh God, we're losing. Like what's happening like we just got to play rush like that's the comp we got to play rush we just got to play it and like yeah, it was probably yeah. just them picking a comp like we know this comp's good we know we can play it against them and like we beat them with it before and just committing to it without yeah. realizing that if you're taking a step back and like breathe and be like wait we can maybe pick some better maps for us we can play Arisa, right but it's really that's where a coach comes in and says like guys wait 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 let's go to this map let's play Arisa. like we know the right thing right but this felt like it was all just fuck it just play rush like yeah. we're losing and like oh. let's lose I think I was wondering, like, after they won the first map and they played the rush and they looked actually, you know, as good or if not better than Dallas in it in that first map, they kind of pivoted at that moment and said, well, hey, we can beat them on this mirror. Let's go for it. Uh, and then just kind of ditch what they normally yeah. do. Because this is the I, map we would always see them play Kai in. He would play the Ash of the Widow at a yeah. distance. They it's a really Arisa. good map for it, too. Yeah. yeah, and it's a good I'd, map for them. Uh, and they I'd love to know. ditch their game plan that they use yeah. the whole tournament. I'd love to know if they did have a different game plan and followed it or whether that was an audible. Because we're assuming, and I think it, it From the outside, it looks sense. like an audible. It look, yeah, it feels like an audible. But you, 
can't really know that. Like, unless you well, well, they, unless you're well, no, there with put, until uh, the rest of the coaches. Map two in this series, they actually subbed Kai in. Uh, I don't remember what the map was in it. It was uh, Volskaya. It was right. The, they, yeah, Dallas Fuel got to pick Volskaya. Kai came in. He played some of the hit scan, but then he also had to move over to Reaper because in the end they needed to mirror the rush. Right, and then that's when they kind of brought Edison back in for three and four. Didn't they also play like on Volskaya? Didn't was it was it them or dragons that rolled out on attack Orisa Torb? Uh, that, that was, was a, dragons. That was dragons. Okay, yeah, okay. I was trying yeah. to remember if that was them no. too. It, it may have been Atlanta, Atlanta as well, as well. because uh, the dragons. I remember one of the, one of those teams they played it and it just got rolled. Over the dragons so they, they played a uh, uh, ball torb. No, that was that was the Kaya first time around. They actually played Orisa Torb yeah. the second. They played Orisa oh, okay. Torb in the final. The first time they played Ball Torb, though, and that was just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will the say series, as well. They were drinking. I mean, <laughs> I, I'd love to know who Atlanta screamed. Does any of you guys know that? Like who they screamed leading up to these no matches? Idea. Because oh, they said, we did talk actually, a lot yes, about... They did a... Um, I think they did... Uh, yeah, Kai did an interview with Yisker again. And he was saying they screamed Korean contenders teams. Just They just oh. said they were warm-up matches, essentially. They, it wasn't like... They, it wasn't amazing scrim experience. It was just to get warmed up before the games. Okay. Yeah. I. Yeah. That's really good. Everyone should watch more of Yusuke's uh, post-match interviews. Yeah, he's They're actually good. doing some really good um, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I. Yeah, I think. You know, last week we talked a lot about how good Atlanta Rain were in that rush composition as well. And yes, they can play the Oris and the Torb. Um, that composition finds some advantages, like regarding mappings and stuff. But if they scrim those contenders teams as well, and everyone's talking about how good your rush is, and then you're playing against these teams, you're playing the rush comp and you're winning, you can probably get stuck in a bit of a feedback loop where all you're like, realizing is, hey, we're really good at the rush comp, Pelican is a beast on Echo, and then you go into the live match itself, and you re don't realize how different it actually is from your practice experience and from outsider experience. So I could just see them easily just like hey this is yeah, what everyone yeah. should be playing this is the best comp and we're just gonna do it so i don't really blame Definitely. them for not bringing out more torben or Risa. like it's probably i don't know how confident you are as a player in that comp when you get to the final four and i don't know it's tough yeah so it's a tough decision but i don't blame them for playing more rush than we expected them to it was yeah it was a little unfortunate as well to see Gator struggle so much at the June Joust because I felt like this was a real um, step up for both Gator and Hawk when it came to performing at the level that we had anticipated from them when they came out of Contenders and had that fantastic run for the Gauntlet. And while, from what I could see, Hawk was still performing like a boss, uh, his diva was spectacular throughout yeah. the entire run. Uh, when Gator swapped over to the Winston, it felt like he was really struggling. I don't know whether that was the... the... I don't think it was any nerves necessarily though it's impossible to tell but it just felt like against the elite elite opponents he was getting caught out a lot like he was struggling to find good engagements he was struggling with the the ball when that was being played against him like hardcore but obviously even fearless ended up struggling with that but in the direct head-to-head -head matchup here too just fearless was getting away with so much more than gator was it felt like every time gator would extend a little bit to get value insta punished every time fearless does it he gets away with murder and it was it was night and day the difference between the two of them um yeah and it's yeah it's at this point you realize that he really is playing with the big boys of the league, you know? And that's not 
that's not anything bad on Gator. It's just that you really need to be like next level to be hanging out with the the top dogs on main tank. Yeah, absolutely. I will say though, as we're wrapping up about Atlanta Arena, I guess that I could, with this experience behind them, I could actually easily buy into the Atlanta Rain hype and be like, I could see them making top five end of regular season playoffs. I'm not guaranteeing it. But I could definitely see them with this roster and how good they look at times, really living up to the hype and bringing that in the end of uh, regular season. Now, usually the end of season playoffs, it's dictated a lot about the meta, the yeah. patches we get before and et cetera. But based on this June Just experience, their peak potential, uh, their roster, their caliber of the players, like I could see well, them being really good. If what they do they need then, Jonathan? What would you say they need in terms of a meta or whatever to be able to be at that level? Well, it is part of it is experience, like they got here, you know. Like I think a couple of their players um, underperformed. I think Massa had some questionable sound bears at time as well. Um, you know, you talked about Gator already. So if you have two or three players really step it up um, and play better, and you don't choke as much in these big moments against really good opponents, um, it's about the small things, really. I, I think for the Atlanta Rain. You just need more experience, like more tournament experience, more experience against the likes of Dallas Fuel, Shanghai Dragons. Um, but, but like besides that, their compositions looked good. Like their ideas looked good in the June Jouse. They had that is part of why they separated themselves from the pack of the other NA teams, is that they had a good team identity, they had good targets, they had good goals. Like when we talk about the Dallas Fuel, we talk about the way they're able to focus in on players like Juby and punish him, uh, focus in on Lijigon, punish him. They have like a clear idea of what they want to achieve with their composition, their play style, how everyone's abilities work with each other. And I feel like Atlanta Reign, for the most part in the June Joust, they had that. And then they swapped over to the Rush composition. Things looked a little bit shaky. Some sound bears were off. Some of Gator's positioning was off. But for the most part, they looked really good. And so I think with some more experience, I think they'll only improve from here. Um, and, you know, if we go into a very fast-paced meta, maybe some of their former problems of playing you know winston compositions reliably that is not in like a neo goats kind of micro um level um maybe they take a step back but i feel like i have full faith in pelican the, the dude is a beast yeah Kai yeah. is still as good as last year gator and hawk are stepping up um and mass and ours is a good backline so and they have good coaching now. Like they look like a really well coached team with good at team identity. Like I said, so I, I'm I'm buying into the Atlanta Rain hype. Um, I wasn't before the season when we did our rankings video. I was one of the people who was like, "We're ranking them too high. We're overrating them. They're not gonna fulfill it." But like I'm I'm kind of buying into it. I think they're a really consistent, good team, and I think they have more room to improve and be better in these scenarios. So I do think. Uh this next tournament's going to be really important for them to give themselves a little bit of a buffer in terms of wins and losses. Because when you look at their schedule, uh, they'll play uh, the Justice, the Fuel, the Spitfire, and then the Uprising. Uh, that's not the hardest. <laughs> no. But their final four games, though, are Gladiators, Outlaws, Mayhem, and the Fuel. That's a tough four games to end. Where if you're sitting at like 500, you know, let's say two and two for this stage and you're at, uh, what is that, six and six going into that final four, you're in, you're in a bit of trouble considering those could be some of the better teams in NA at that time, especially sure. if they're around the same you know, spot as you, uh, which those four games at the end are about as brutal as, you know, 
to throw a shock in there for you know the the, the mayhem and that's about as brutal as you can get for na <laughs> um so they definitely have to you know a three and one yeah. tournament here at minimum i think yeah T tough stuff i mean strength of schedule is going to make a, a big difference for teams moving forward the screen keeps freezing on my side i don't know why i don't know whether that's yeah it does it for me is. too oh yeah. right yeah oh it's so <laughs> kurt's taking screenshots who no, it's all good um i you put um sorry yeah. Sorry, to just add on to Matt's point as well. We haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but going back to the playoff format for this year. So like when we talk about where teams need to be in terms of league points and stuff like that. Um, this is just reading straight from the article that was released earlier in the year. So all league points acquired throughout the season will be used to determine qualification and seeding. Um, at the end of the regular season, the top three teams from the West region and the top two teams from the East region will directly qualify into the playoffs. A play-in tournament for each region will qualify an additional three teams, two from the West and one from the East. So you need to be top five West if you want to qualify for the play-in tournament at all and top three in the East. So as we get closer to the end of the regular season, there's not a lot of spots there no, to wrong. actually have a chance no, to qualify I, for the playoffs. Right now in the West, you're looking at Dallas sitting at top at 10 league points. And then the shock and the outlaws at seven, which would be your your three, right? I mean, gladiators have six, the justice have five. Like you have a lot of teams who are knocking on the door of even that play in tournament. Like Johnny was mentioning, you know, uh, how I just said, if you know, if Atlanta only finishes this next stage with, you know, let's say two more league points, like a two and two uh, tournament, uh, you go into those final four games, you're going to need probably at least three of those in wins. And That's those crazy. are again all teams above you uh so they have to they have to have a good tournament here coming up yeah. uh uh you want to weigh in there mr connor i was just thinking about the atlanta question about johnny buying in and i honestly i'm still not bought in <laughs> i'm still not bought in to atlanta myself i think if they have the right meta they're in a really good spot but i still feel like it reminds me a lot of outlaws where currently this team has a lot of talent on it but I don't find them to be meta-proof. But also before, but then the issue was like, who would I even put above them? And then before I would have said, oh, Mayhem. Mayhem has struggled so heavily on adapting. To, like their, their team hero-wise, their hero pools are good, but their adaptations are bad, even if their hero pools are good. So even if I'm not bought into Atlanta, I feel like I don't even know who I could possibly put above them you, because uh, at least Atlanta pops off in the right metas for them. So... Uh, you know, I thought the Justice looked really scary that last week. Obviously, they were just absolute dog the first week of the the yeah. All right, whoa, 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 whoa. We have an entire power ranking segment where yeah, we can yeah, go yeah. in depth. Oh, we're doing power things. ranking. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can move on. From yeah. this. Yeah. We can move on from this. Come thy tits. Let's yeah, move Matt, on. Uh, the run a show every single week for the past year, maybe more than that, has always been posted in the Discord. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> For everyone to see, yeah, Matt doesn't pay attention. I can't see it. Kurt, yeah, Matt Kurt only sends me his invoices. He doesn't send me the run of show. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Imagine thinking Matt ever pays anybody. Incredible. I, I pay Kurt, Kurt. How many times? I think I have one more. I haven't paid you yet, but I think I think you've been paid a bunch. <laughs> okay, um, just hold New on. York. We can power rank the Platchat members at the end of the show. <laughs> New York, NYXL. They had a very short run in the tournament, but let's give them their five minutes uh, here. What do you think about New York? The, 
well, at least they played more meta stuff, right? I, I am not that disappointed in the fact that I had no expectations for New York coming in. Uh, and no, you said this is a learning experience for Atlanta. Uh, this is like, no, Atlanta, maybe they're in like the eighth grade trying to get into high school. I think in terms of learning, this is like pre-kindergarten for New York, right? You have a bunch of players who like, you know, who knows if they're even going to be here for the future. But like, it's clear they have some type of talent. They have some players who look good at moments. Uh, I was very confused why we saw Ivy the next day. Uh, mm. After day one, we saw Flora a lot. The first day, we saw Ivy. Uh, well, wasn't Ivy day. in there to play like a lot more? Like they played, they played Ivy on the Reaper specifically. Reaper, yeah, because he had played like a lot of Reaper in the past for like Fusion, sure. and he looked really I, good on it. So I think he was in to play Doom or Genji against Shanghai's Arisacoms mm. if they had brought it out, but they never. Okay, it. I um, could see that being a, that. That would be a thing. But yeah. uh, you know, New York, there. This is a team that is. Uh, developing and trying to build for the future right with really young players so to actually even just make a tournament final four probably wasn't even really on this team's radar at the beginning of the year it was probably more to like hey let's be competitive in apac you know let's let's see what we have the fact that they even made it i think is an accomplishment for new york uh which you see how many other teams in the league they try and develop talent and they're just you know stuck at the bottom trying to give away breadsticks but like new york actually competing uh i mean you can see they're competing with a rebuilding roster so i don't think it's that bad for nyxl mm. yeah uh i think that flora looked pretty good yeah. i i think that he was a high point their dps in general their entire rotation looks like they've got some decent talent uh but Yakpung still looks a little bit like Yakpung, though. Uh, that's, yes, he does. Yakpung looks like Yakpung. <laughs> Mr. Ross. Well, look, I mean, you didn't have to live through the Toronto Defiant Yakpung at the Blizzard Arena, where he was basically just a torpedo. Just I didn't have to live it, but I did see it. I still he, saw he it. Would, it, it. Like, he would be dead every fight. Like, like literally, like, as the fight kicked off, you didn't even have to t talk about it. Everybody knew that Yakpung was going to die. Yeah. Uh, he still kind of has that in them a little bit, uh, which I mean, I don't know because because uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he obviously went down into contenders and looked better in contenders. He looked really good in contenders uh, when he was right. Playing. So uh, uh, he, he, how do you get that Yakpung uh, in the Overwatch League? We haven't seen it thus far, uh, specifically on the Winston. Main tank players uh, don't translate skills from contenders yeah. to... Yeah, uh, think of Roar, right? That I mean, it, it, uh, Also, I feel like he's playing with the worst team overall. Like, his team in contenders was very good, and yeah. the current New York iteration is... There is a lot of skill gap between them oh. and other top teams. I tell you what, uh, this team with a better this team with a better tank line would be decently competitive, I think, in APAC. Yeah, I think some blame is warranted for the tank line. Like some of their decision making has just been like off at times, and it's you know it's a team team game, of course, and they're bound to look bad if the team is bad. But some blame, I think, can be put on. No, Yaku no, I'm not absolving blame stage. of yeah. yeah. I'm not absolving blame here. I'm just saying that, like, obviously, they're never going to have the same performance if they have like a clear step down in terms of teamwork and coordination and like their overall supporting staff behind them uh, in terms of the players. Like, they're like Bianca and Friday specifically. I think have had like rough moments in this league alongside them. So yeah, definitely, it's Absolutely. really tough. But don't don't get me wrong. I think Yakpung has. 
absolutely done some crazy shit. It's like that that one movie, the other guys, where they was like aim for the bushes and Yacht Pump fucking oh, jumps off the so building. Good, yeah. And he's just like, that's Yacht Pump, like diving occasionally. Oh, uh, you've and never it's, seen that? It's oh, a really good it. movie. Oh, yeah, you have to watch it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a Will What's Ferrell the movie? movie. What's it it's, called? It's Will Ferrell, Mark It's called Wahlberg. The Other Guys. Uh, okay. The Rock and Samuel Jackson. Yeah, but the thing uh, is, those characters are not in it for that long. Yeah, no, they're not in it for <laughs> that long. But it's but... a really, but essentially, there's a scene in there where Samuel Jackson and The Rock—they're like the two badass detectives—and they're at the top of the building chasing like this guy running away from them. And he's like, <laughs> "You think what I'm thinking? Because they have to get to the bottom of this building really fast. Like, aim for the bushes." And they like jump off this skyscraper to like run away into the bushes, and they just die. There's no <laughs> like, bushes. The thing is, there's no yeah, bushes. They just jump straight into the concrete. Yeah, and they actually they don't even get close to the bushes. They just die. Yeah. That's Young Punk diving on Winston. Is like there's like. He's, he might have an idea there, but like sometimes it's just harebrained. Like, where the fuck oh, was Yapo well, doing? The one clip I saw on Reddit was so funny. It was uh, it was NYXL playing against. I forgot who it was on Hollywood. But like Yakpung was in the second stage and he was like behind the pole in the street and you could see the bar. He had like basically no HP and he was just waiting for somebody to heal him, I guess. Like Jonah came around the corner, was about to shoot him. And before he shot him, he just ran right around the pole, just jumped up, just died instantly. I was like, what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I will say, though, uh, I think you have more good pieces on this team than bad pieces. Uh, like you mentioned, Josh, I think the DPS have been pretty solid. You know, Jonak's been. Uh, you no, know, not not MVP Jonak, but he's been good. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> well, I don't know where Bianca's going with his defense matrix. Just up to the high ground, just leaving him. To yeah, die. The, the coordination between the tank line. The coordination. Again, that was a good one. Yeah, it's I mean, rough. one of the good pieces that hasn't even been able to be get showcased essentially this entire season is Guang Boon, who ended up winning yeah. the Widowmaker one v one tournament and showcasing that he does actually have a bunch of talent. I guess that he's alive. It's, yeah, it's now a tradition that it is only benched players that are allowed to win the Widowmaker 1v1 with DM, DM. and now Guangboon <laughs> taking the titles. So if you're a good Widowmaker in the league, you are going to get benched and there's just no, no hope about it. But at least it. now the Widowmaker has money attached to it so you can win some extra cash. Yeah, there were a fuck ton of money. What was that, like 12,500, yeah. 15,000? I think it was, was 15k, nuts. yeah. Yeah, That's so nice. I mean, if you're honestly, why, well, why couldn't I have existed? I would have won the Widowmaker 1v1 when I was benched oh, for yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. If it had happened for money, I would have won that easily. I mean, that's easily. That's insane. I don't know if you could take on the Bryn, the Widowmaker. I actually, yeah. About? I do not know who would win between a vast that's actually little black chat, little black chat show match. The well, now, I, now I legitimately think Brynn Woodward because I haven't played Overwatch in a real long time. So <laughs> the Rat King versus the Widowmaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who, who, who am I using a church <laughs> uh, that's my doorbell oh. I don't know I'm gonna go see, check on that real quick well, that's okay. very joyous uh, I didn't know he lives in a he lives in a church dude if this was scripted and the Brito maker walked in and we were like my <laughs> god <laughs> is that Bryn's music and he just <laughs> oh my god stumps in Bryn fucking bodies of ass puts a hole through the wall behind you and just it's comes time to get baptized motherfucker <laughs> 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 yeah you guys don't live in a cathedral that was repurposed to be a home no no, no we're not fancy we're not part of the uh, Wait, medieval uh, elite oh i fuck me i'm so boomed i thought i was serious for a minute i was like does he live in a what? cathedral <laughs> what what are you talking about i'm totally <laughs> serious i've got, gar glass I've got gothic architecture everywhere I've got gargoyles and shit it's really cool. yeah, like yeah i was gonna say you have a gargoyle you ever see the movie gargoyles isn't that a tv show not a movie like uh, i think it was Sorry. a I thought it was a movie, but I thought it was an animated TV series. An animated show about gargoyles, yeah. 
Do you guys have anything to say about the Widowmaker 1v1? It was cool. It's all right. I mean, a lot of people, I was doing my captain showcase for sub tournament and they were like, you're missing the Widowmaker 1v1. And I was like, don't care. So <laughs> Not I mean, as cool as the, uh, the IRL or in-game jousting competition. Those were my favorite. The, the, I the did enjoy that, actually. I enjoyed seeing <laughs> Tasmo beat the shit out of somebody just Dude, with a pull rolled the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. and it wasn't even close. He actually clowned on him, too, because like he was like, he gave Dogman like a free hit once and he just like took it and just like boom and just, just smacked the there. shit out of him. Yeah. That guy's got some weight and balance. Yeah, he it does. Was like, uh, it was like some Hulk Hogan shit where like Hulk Hogan gets punched and then he just like starts powering up. up. Yeah, he powers yeah. up. That's what Tasmo was like. He was getting hit with the hammer and just powering up. Mm. I, I'd love to know what people down in the comments think because uh, I, I, I mean, I casted the thing, right? Like with the Watchpoint yeah. desk. So I didn't know how it actually turned out and it, like if people enjoyed it. I'd love to know in the comments down below if people want to tell me like what they felt about the Widowmaker 1-1. Was it hype? Was it good? Was it bad? You know, just in general, what you liked yeah. and disliked about it. Because I, I didn't have an insight. I don't know because I didn't watch it. I was actually like casting it. So I'd love to know actually. Personally, I find Widow 1v1s to be papige, but I know that the fans love them. So yeah. I, uh, I anticipate there'll be a mixture actually. Of, uh, yes. of comments down there. But there you go. There's your comment for this video. Tell Jonathan what you thought of the Widowmaker 1v1 tournament. Um, and whether or, whether or not Danny deserves to be blamed and spend the rest of his interviews on his knees. Um, the June Joust Widowmaker gotcha. 2021 skin was revealed. Um, this is, what, the Angel of Death? The yeah. The Ang de la Mort, or whatever it is. I can't remember the, the name. Oh, yeah, I fucking nailed it, didn't I? Wow, nailed it. Wow. I have a hot take here. I don't think yeah. this skin is very good. And, and I what? know that that's hot because people fucking raving about it, telling her to step on him and stuff. I don't... Can someone tell me what's so good about this skin? To me, it's significantly worse than, like, a lot of her other cooler ones. Like, I like the scorpion really? skin, that kind of thing. This one... Oh, I don't I'm, like I, I'm, maybe I'm missing a theme or something. It just seems like a bunch of black stuff stuck to her body. I mean, it it's, looks cool. Yeah, this seems like, uh, I mean, even a lot of the people on Reddit were saying, like, they think this may be the best Widow skin, like, overall. Yeah, that's what I was hearing, but I don't understand it. Like, I, why? I think it's I think it's up there. I think it, I think it looks, looks cool. Badass, yeah. You know Is it just Widow because it's red and black and edgy? Oh. She I looks like know. an evil Pikmin with her big tail thing, you know? <laughs> Pikmin. <laughs> so, like, I personally think that it's a really cool-looking skin. And like all, whenever you can harness the power of horny too into any skin, if you can harness that, you get immediate magic. I think and it also so, looks that's way cooler in game than just kind of the. Uh, oh really? Okay, I yeah. haven't seen it in game, so maybe that's in game. It looks way problem. better. Yeah, I think it looks way better in game. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think it's a cool looking skin. Yeah. I mean, also, how can you go wrong with like the what, like the little like suspender like things on her on her on her legs, like. <laughs> You know, the little leather straps. Like, people love that shit. Like, it's just, it's just so power. There's just so much power. So much horny power in this skin that, like, it can fuel the people. It's what the people want. It gets them going. Okay. You know, and that's what makes this skin so good. Right. I, w I, wish, uh, I wish they got a Reinhardt skin with, like, a wooden hammer so we could bonk on people who... That would be great. Like, I a so hammer from Kirby or something? I pitched, uh. I pitched a skin that it won't happen because it's so papeg. But... I was like, they should have an owl skin called <laughs> Chef Reinhardt, and his hammer is a big breadstick. 
how many uh, we would all be rocking chef reinhardt with just a big breadstick like a baguette and when he, essentially yeah and when he shatters he goes dinner served and he just smashes the ground with his baguette and yeah no i would be down for that i'd absolutely be down it. for that why would yeah. you just give him like a meat tenderizer which is already a hammer because i think that is not as obvious as a big fucking baguette you know yeah, yeah. that's fair i could see that can you imagine a golden baguette just swinging a golden baguette? That would I look, ex you know. Yeah. But isn't he German? I mean, wouldn't Dude. it work better with like <laughs> a but big old. A chef, but he's a chef, though. Baguettes, oh, chef. they transcend, you know, national cooking. But why not give him a big Frankfurter or something? Give him a big, 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 uh, big schnitzel. You want to give Ryan a, a giant sausage, sausage <laughs> yeah. that he swings around. Yeah, and he whacks and you with his And you don't see how that could ever sausage. go bad in any well, way. Hey, why would that be bad? You just horny in the skins. <laughs> Josh just then give him a big, a big yeah. sausage. You can slap him in the face with a sausage, and then he, he whacks the sausage down on the floor for the earth shatter. And he just screams, take my sausage. <laughs> no. No? <laughs> Next That's a little character. on the nose, don't you think? It's a little yeah. on the nose. That Next is a little on the nose. Well, um, how, what about he's uh, throwing around a uh, Wiener schnitzel and he shouts, take my Wiener. Is that less on the nose? That That's more, even better. On the I think T I think Team Four should immediately take suggestions. And, and his fire strike would just be a, a a a fish. It would just be a big salmon that would just go in a straight line doing doing donuts. <laughs> I just like want to have a let's just make a Billy Harrington skin for Reinhardt, and it's just the gotchy, just gotchy chasm, <laughs> and it's just him wrestling. Like, that sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Great job, everybody. Now the real news this week, though. Even if you have no interest in Overwatch esports in the slightest, the genuine huge news for Overwatch in general was crossplay functionality is coming to Overwatch. I saw a lot of hardcore Timothys being pissed in my mentions about this for no good reason, because they're just ignorant of how it actually works. The way that Overwatch is planning to do this, I think, is just good for everybody. And yet people are still up in arms about it because they just love being up in arms about every change. Yeah, it's just people are angry about everything. Uh, like, how how could you be angry about more people being able to play? Because with each I don't other? want I don't want I don't want console players in my competitive games. No, that's not how it works. But I don't not, want console players anywhere near me at all at any time. You won't even know. You won't even know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that they're there. literally, uh, you'll never know. I mean, there are bad players in your quick play games all the time. You will not be able to tell whether they're console or whether they're PC. Oh. There are good players. Some of them might be on console right. as in, well. In, uh, this just allows, like, you know, if you have friends who play on console or, you know, I think you said, Josh, like your brother plays on the Switch or something yeah, yeah. like that. Just being able to play quick play now is, is something cool. I was playing, uh, my, my little brother's got to the age now where he's interested in playing games with me. In the past, he was only kind of... He was just playing on like mobile games, or he was playing on uh, like some... Raid Shadow Legends. No, he was, uh, <laughs> yeah. And this episode is brought to you by. <laughs> we just did that for free, by the way. We just no, did no, that no, for free. No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry, no. I'm sorry, sorry. We need to wait until we get the bag, man. Cut it, cut it, cut it. But we, um, yeah, he's got to the age now where he wants to play games with me, and I was like, okay, well, which crossplay games can we even can we even go for? And he likes Minecraft, so I was like, okay, Minecraft Bedrock, you can play crossplay. You can't play Java for some reason, no idea why. And the other one that I was thinking about was Apex. So I went and played some Apex games with him. He's playing on uh, what is he even playing on? 
I don't even know what he's playing it on. Maybe he's on Switch or iPad or something. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck he's playing it on. But he was playing with me. And it's just... It is... When you're in those lobbies, you're matched with other PC players because that's the same way that it's going to be in these games. If anybody is in... If anybody in your party is playing on PC, you're going to get matched with other PC players. They're not going to match you just purely against console. So you don't have people with a keyboard and mouse running rampant, doming everybody. And it just makes the situation more fair. It was pretty chill. I was pounding, but that's just because I'm a god gamer, not because I was playing on uh, PC. And now I can play Overwatch with him as well and prove that I am a god gamer in many different titles. Yeah, uh, I think people don't realize how many people and like friends actually want to play cross play with each other. Like the amount of people that have preferred to play on a PS4, PS5, whatever it is, I don't follow consoles, and want to play with their friends on a PC, it's actually a huge market. It's massive. But we just have this weird like circle where elitism. we're just elitists and we care about competitive Overwatch and we just care about the top 1% and like, no, like. You have no idea how many hundreds of thousands of people just want to play with their friends on a I different mean, console and don't actually millions, though. like millions yeah. in the in North America. In North America, Overwatch is huge on console, and okay, it's not that big in other regions of the world where consoles aren't as popular. But in North America, it's popping. Have any numbers ever been released about it? But I don't think so. No, th they've never released numbers. I. Uh, it's big though. It's big. big. I'd also Very say large. the same uh, the same type of reaction though with like five on five right there was this huge like uh, you know outcry at the start but like if you look at the overall player base like clearly people aren't playing tank for a reason and they want to queue DPS for a reason like that's how that most of the player base wants to play the game uh, now giving people the ability to play you know crossplay. Uh, I even I think that you can play uh, competitively across like the consoles in general. So like if you were teamed up with an Xbox person, I think you can play ranked. Uh, like sick. if you're all on console, I didn't even like, realize that's that. awesome. Like what's uh having more people play the game and being able to play with people they like, regardless of platform, is awesome. Because like you say, Josh. Uh, you love Overwatch. You couldn't do that with your brother. So you have to go to other games. You have to go to, you exactly, know, Fortnite. Yeah. You have to go to Apex, Warzone. Like, you don't have to do that anymore. You can uh, you can actually play the game you want with other people. And even he, uh, he has friends that play it on Xbox while he only has yeah. a Switch. He doesn't have an Xbox. So now yeah. he can play with his friends. They don't Why don't have you to just play get him a fucking Xbox? Games. Jesus, what kind of terrible brother are you? Force him to play on the Switch? <laughs> I'm not... Wait a fucking second. For starters, for starters, Switch is the best console out there. It is blowing, the, blowing the cock off everybody else. 120 FPS next. I saw on E3. You can get him one those please tell me you're trolling matt <laughs> matt is a not game pass get him a game pass i i don't think he is i think matt grew up playing what did you grow up playing actually gears what do you mean war. well you were playing like gears of war and cod and rainbow six what what was the console uh oh xbox 360 oh it was xbox right all right uh yeah. the original i actually uh this is how old i am I had the original Xbox, and I remember when Xbox Live went on for the first time and playing online against other people for the first time on console. Yeah, I was always uh, amazed. I, mean, I, I, I remember that too. 
Didn't yeah. that have like a monthly subscription fee? Yes. Or yeah. Or something? Yeah. And by the way, Nintendo was... Nintendo still does the absolute fucking scam artist. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. I think Xbox Live. At that I mean, I'm sitting here playing WoW, paying a subscription every month, right? <laughs> I think Xbox Live was ten bucks a month. I think I want to say. And then when it started, there were only like three games that supported it. It was a uh, Unreal Tournament, which I met Chris Puckett on. That's uh, a, that was a great the original game. Xbox. Uh, Wait, did you meet Chris Pocket in like on Xbox Live? Yeah. Was that how you guys met? Yeah. I didn't realize that, that actually. That's, that's crazy cool. to me. I mean, that's a very gamer kind of, story, though. Sure, but it's just kind of crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, and then uh, there wild. was a Ghost Recon, the original one, and then a game called Mech Assault. That was not. We we used okay. to play a game. We couldn't afford Xbox Live, and also our internet was so bad in our fishing village at the time. We didn't have fiber. It was way before that. We had like a like two four megabit upload downloaders. So you still have it DSL. Was... It was before broadband. You Actual like fishing lines buried sure. under the internet. Yeah. Like the stuff you couldn't be yeah. on the phone and, and use the internet yeah. at the same time. Oh yeah, oh, that was yeah. way early. I remember but when we, we, we used this... to we used to play RuneScape and my. <laughs> At my friend's house, and they had dial-up internet, and they we would get so pissed when his mom, whenever the phone Into rang in the, the house, phone, we were like, bro. "Don't pick it up! Don't pick it up! We're so close to getting ninety-nine fishing! Don't pick it up!" Yeah, we had max an hour, max an hour, and then the bill too much. We had to uh, turn it off. And also, good times. Like for all the zoomers, when you were when you were connected via the phone, you couldn't receive calls. So parents were constantly worried that they would miss calls from their friends or like things they had to do when you were online. So you couldn't just like be on your PC and then you get a phone call or whatever. It's like, no, you, you, you had no access to the phone. No one could call you. You couldn't call anyone. And so every time you connected via the phone to the internet, all the parents were freaking out because yeah. we're like, don't be on too long. You know, maybe what if my sister calls? What What if my like dentist calls? Like whatever. <laughs> and then that's, they'd freak out about it. Bro, that's, wow. I, I, so I had a friend who got cable internet and he had a computer that was good enough to play uh, Team Fortress Classic. Oh, we just became, we became D-gens just like is the, the phone thing went away. It didn't fucking matter who was calling. <laughs> you could answer or whatever. And I just, I just started, I was like, just complaining at home. I was like, we need cable internet. And my parents were just boomers at the time. They nobody understood what the fuck cable internet was. They barely understood why they couldn't answer the phone. So eventually we got it and it was just, it was unbelievable. I, back to an actual Overwatch crossplay thing, here, <laughs> okay. by the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is at all comparable to the complaints about 5v5 that you brought up earlier. Because this crossplay doesn't hurt anybody. All it does is it helps everybody. You can yeah, make the argument people that, out there who actually think it hurts them. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, but that's what I'm saying. It's not like it's like, but at its base level, like there are people that do that, that, but at least like there are legitimate reasons why someone might complain about 5v5, even if it's like a good direction. Yeah. But there are no legitimate reasons to complain about crossplay. Like it just all it does is help. It makes everything better for everybody. And you know what's next? You don't want to see next? Free to play. Don't think it's yeah. going to happen, but give me free to play. Absolutely. That's happen, what I tweeted about when this happened. I said there's two pillars to making a game pop the fuck off. One is cross-play, one is free-to-play as well. They must have considered it at some point in terms of the marketing yeah, uh, of a game. I'm It'd interested, crazy uh, not to. I'm interested how it affects like uh, Halo. Obviously, we were joking about E3 earlier, but like uh, Halo said today that their multiplayer will be free-to-play, uh, which means all you have to do is buy the campaign. So I'm wondering how they plan to roll that out, monetize that. I think that's a huge move for uh, the Halo base. Yeah, I mean, if they update the monetization system in Overwatch 2 and 
they make it free to play, I mean, the franchise, like you said, would just pop the fuck off. I think, you know, we've been around the industry for too, uh, for so long now that I think, you know, if they priced Star Wars 2 at like $60 or something, I think we'd probably be a bit disappointed because the cost to entry is so big at that point. So, well, we'll see what they the do. The only argument really that's like against free-to-play is that like, you know, cheaters and whatnot uh but even then like people are gonna unfortunately the way it is is people cheat regardless right uh yeah there, there's it's there's tough, people but... there just i saw some guy are, on war there are also some ways of trying to fix that like the um linking accounts to mobile phones making sure that you, you see, always uh, have that kind of stuff like the yeah, counter-strike is, uh, is charging for uh competitive matchmaking now really they're charging yeah, yeah let me see if i can find so, the article so the competitive side is not free to play yeah, I believe they're charging now, which means that you can't just create uh, endless free accounts. Oh, you, I think it's uh, I think you to access uh, Prime Rank, they're charging. Mm. Uh, Prime okay. matchmaking used to be just you linked your mobile phone and something else. Uh, you had like you have a, to buy uh, a buy a Prime status upgrade for fifteen bucks from the store. Okay. Well, either way, I don't think cheating is even a good counter argument because all the big no, old games, great. like everyone still, like no one even cares that there's, like everyone cares there's cheaters, but it hasn't stopped any of those games that are free to play being massive. Like at the end of the day, you're going to deal with cheaters paid or not paid and people would still rather have something free. It's like when people watch, it's why people use, don't pay for Spotify. Like sure, ads are fucking annoying, <laughs> but it's free. So, and yeah. that's essentially like cheating. Yeah. The Overwatch... I just I, I I would wish that they went for free to play Overwatch and just go for world domination. Cross play <laughs> all the platforms, free to play, cross play shows, merch, all of it, just world domination pop, Overwatch. Would pop off. Yeah. Pop it, off. it really would. I mean it, even when you compare it to something like TF2. I mean, TF2 is a genuinely a dead game. There's nothing happening over there, and yet the player base That's is still the player relatively base is healthy. So big, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. it's like it's relatively healthy because it's free to play, but it just continuously has people added back into it. I mean, yeah. Hey, holy shit! Hey, oh That's more than I off. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, TF2 is like, and it's all it's an ancient game with no updates, and it's free to play, so people are still gonna play. It. Also, it is a very unique game in the last but... thirty days. Sure. Kurt, Kurt, sorry, can you can you zoom out there and do like a two or three year vision on the active player base? Because they had a ma massive patch like two three weeks ago, uh, weeks two three years ago, right? When they Did introduced they? matchmaking or whatever. This is one oh, like the four years ago now right yo Kurt, it? look up how many people are playing h1z1 <laughs> holy shit it's the most popular it's been in four years or five years that is insane that's weird isn't it there's four people strange. are on h1z1 right now Kurt. <laughs> epic because h1z1 oh, that's well a server oh, what the hell do they do to uh, what in the world there's so funny. much h1z1 how many h1z1s they have now is it called z1 battle <laughs> There you go. Not great. Not 137 great. people playing five minutes ago. No way to get a game. Yeah, 2017 was doing pretty well. <laughs> I remember the H1Z1 Pro League. Remember yeah, that, that game was that game was popping for a bit. Um. Okay, let let's move on. The um the the the, the Overwatch two models. I don't. I can't remember exactly where this was. This was in some kind of like summer, summer games fest. Summer games fest. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Sombra and Batiste's models were revealed. I 
I do not know what these looked like beforehand, so I don't know what they've changed. What do you mean? You don't I... know what look Batiste looks like on the live's game. Batiste has a hat. And That's he's red hair. instead of blue. But Batiste has a hat in the game? Doesn't he? I don't think he has a hat. Like, I don't think he has a mohawk kind of thing, though, does he? <laughs> Batiste does not have a hat. He doesn't have a hat? I thought he had, I like... I wish he had a hat. I thought he had the goggles <laughs> and, like, a cap on or something. He's got the goggles, but I don't think he has... A... It's not he a cap, though. A hat. No? Um, and then he's red rather uh, than blue, usually, right? Yeah. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's uh, like, orange and blue. I really like the Sombra model, like the, the jacket and then the hair, like the, the pink, the like cool, illuminating yeah. on the side. Uh, okay, yeah. the, nothing has changed with Sombra. What has changed? They look crisp. Just more detailed. Wait, yeah. wait. Uh, Tell no, me one no, detail I mean, that's different. Wait, is that the GameCube logo? <laughs> she was had in her hand? That looked like it. Looked like it to me. What's Are you a GameCube fan? What's the, the difference? Sombra up. And it's, I mean, that's it's, the thing. I don't know what old point, Sombra looks like. I'm, I'm once again. This is one of these moments where it's like I appreciate the artistry, but you can put any shit in front of me, and I just don't care. Like I just, I just don't like the models for me. It's like it's a very secondary point of view for myself because I'm just much more interested in content, right? Like models are always cool, but it should be a secondary concern to what's actually happening. So I'm always worried about like once I know that Overwatch Two, it's like the content's amazing. Then I'm like, let's check out these models, huh? Let me look at these. Let me look at these models. Like, how are the models looking? But right now, I feel like I'm just being, I'm being, I'm window shopping, and I don't know what's behind it. Like, it's like the mannequin could just be like completely undressed at past like the the point like here. Like, I don't know what's happening beyond this. So for me, when I see the models, I'm like, Are you saying you want nude mannequin? I think you models? also. No, uh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> well, I also think the way they show the models, like with the white background, is to like let you see like all the detail and whatnot. But I imagine they'd look even cooler with the updated environments and like the other, you know, lighting and weather and other oh, things yeah. they've showed off. I'm not like, trying to downplay the artistry involved. I'm just saying I am so, so much of a capital G gamer that's unobservant. I have not a fucking clue what's going on in terms of like the, the, the textures and details and stuff. When I turn yeah. the, when I turn the quality down to low, I can't tell. I, in Overwatch, uh, see, I, just I, I, I like the the quality of it like overwatch yeah i mean i think as well like even over like overwatch one isn't a bad looking game like no, i think it actually is still no. like a really good looking overwatch game. 2 looks phenomenal uh yeah where overwatch 2 just looks to be building upon that just with more detail which sombra looks like she's been to get gym she's gotta get a little get little muscles over there but like yeah. she's I really like her model. I think Batiste. Uh, I think Batiste came out so new that like they almost really didn't even need to redo his model. I feel like he's so new to the game. But well, they're yeah. probably gonna yeah. redo like everyone's model. I imagine going into Overwatch Two, anyways, like, they'll probably yeah. update them all in some fashion. I mean, it's very important though on another aspect of like if you want to retain more casual players, having very good looking things is very important. So I do understand like the point of it. It's just always when since we're here on a podcast that is. Uh, for me, it's just the back of my mind. It's like, I just want to know what content is first before I, like, care about the models, right? Then afterwards, once the content's good, I'm like, okay, like, what's yeah. going on with the, the, right. the game well, aesthetically? Okay, well, eSport. I'll go on, Jonathan. No, I just wanted to I just wanted to side with Matt here for the sake of uh, being two against two. I actually do care about uh, the models. I think that looks cool. Makes me Wait, hyped. What's, what's the one that you just showed? 
That looked oh like my. it was like concept art or something. Yeah, because that first one looked sick. Is that their plan or is that... <laughs> we're, oh. we're showing off these new Overwatch 2 models and you look at like that this that, art, this piece of paper they've that drawn. That is it's Batiste like, that on live. Sick. That's not that's what he looks current. like on live. That, I mean, because, because he has a drawing of what he looks yeah. like on live. Yes. Yeah, this is like his color scheme and his hair is out. He's got the goggles. He doesn't, have, yeah. he doesn't have a golden scarf, does he? It's like orange on He's like, got like a, an orange yeah. scarf, yeah. Are you thinking of a Valorant do you, character? Do you, do you know anything about Overwatch? <laughs> yeah, I just... I thought... He doesn't have a fucking hat either. I thought he had a hat on. I don't know. Doesn't have a hat? Nope, just his hair. No, has he I got a metal arm as well? Or is that a glove? A glove, dude. Is it a glove? Yeah, yes, okay. It's just right. his gloves. All right, yeah, fair, yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I've got some esports stuff to talk about because it's the only thing I'm qualified to discuss. Um, what? The Shanghai Dragons signed develop. Um, oh. This... Player coming out of contenders. Wait, did we talk about this last? last no, week? we didn't talk no, about this we, last we week. Saw, no, we we mentioned it. Was rumored. it. Yeah, it's a rumor. Yeah, it, but now it's official. Um, they're replacing presumably like the gap in the team that DM would have left, and uh, I I don't know too much about Develop, but I do know that this was uh, Packing Ten, one of his yeah. highest prospects coming out of contenders this year. It was it was their choice if Kai ended up going to another team. Um, and now Shanghai Dragons have ended up signing him. So this... rich get richer. He also looks really like he's been startled in his profile picture. <laughs> like he looks really concerned. <laughs> Someone snuck up with the camera. I think it looks like a Chad. Like if I have lip and develop like a double hit scan meta, I'd be fucking frightened. I felt the same when actually we didn't discuss the Widowmaker one versus one. And now I'm deviating from the topic at hand. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Wait, the roar of a dragon shatters the silence. A new challenger approaches. Develop, part of the new generation of DPS players, will be flexing his prowess as it becomes a key part of our run through, this, through the season. Let's welcome the Shanghai Dragons. Develop yeah. through Dragon I, I mean, Thanks, wow. Texas Beach Johnny. I'm going to ignore <laughs> all of that, though, because when someone says, when someone begins a paragraph with, the roar of a dragon shatters the silence. I tend, I tend to believe everything that comes after is fluff rather than truly believing he's going to be a key part of their It's kind of like a fucking Game of Thrones intro. It, it is. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that, that's supposed to hype you up, but I don't truly believe he's going to be... Like, the, I don't huh. believe he's going to be taking significant time away from Lip or Fledder. The Lip is too good. Like, you'd uh, have to be... Yeah. the meta. Yeah, Come but on. what would Lip it have to be? It's not like irreplaceable it's uh it's not irreplaceable but develop would have to be nutty and fit into the team incredibly well dm was already a bonkers player and he wasn't getting any play time because he just wasn't as good in the team as lip was well he was actually quite poo in the main melee to be fair dm who dm dm yeah i think he underperformed at the start of the season and that was part of why he got out rotated to lip Sure. And Lip started playing more of these longer range hit scans. I, I, I'm just saying, if we go to like a double double hit scan meta, I wouldn't be too surprised to see Develop replace Flatter on some characters if Flatter sure. didn't feel comfortable. So I think it's a good pickup for that reason. Johnny's oh, yeah. waiting for a checkmate a BQB versus Develop. And, oh, uh, dude, I just yeah. want to see checkmate. <laughs> I just want to see checkmate. I don't know why. I just, I'm, I'm just, I, I made that bold prediction about checkmate playing, and now I'm just like emotionally attached to a checkmate. Johnny's I just want to see him come out on Echo. Yep. <laughs> I thought this, Genji. 
that makes me wonder, are there any players that got signed and didn't have any playtime and then ended up getting dropped again without ever getting playtime in the Overwatch League? Were they just permanent bench players? I know that Joe Meister oh, in Season is... 1 happened, um, but in like Season 2 question. or 3 or 4, when there wasn't a preseason where everyone got showcased, has there ever been a player like that that got picked up and then dropped before they got played? Surely. Oh. There must Surely have been there has right? been, but I'm trying to remember now. Um... Did Dia get any play for Shanghai last wasn't year? Wasn't there yeah. that guy? Wasn't there that guy? He played for um that one team. I think he played. Oh, I love that team. <laughs> I think he played. No, I mean, no, excuse me, I'm sorry, I can't. I don't yeah. Know. Um, okay. There's gotta be one. Or there has two. to be some, but I just can't think of any people at the top of my head. I mean, what about what about? I mean, Valiant still gave playtime to like KS having numlocks and shit. So like, no, like. Boink played some last year. Boink played a little bit. Like Boink played last year. Wait, I don't think he played last year, uh, though, right? I don't think they, he did, yeah, but he played. They, he played no, something around with uh, like uh, what do they had like Raucous, Boink, JXAN, Repel, right? Yeah, you but know, I don't that's think true. Did Boink ever I, thought they only I thought they only rotated in. But that's like, that's beside the point because Boink has actually had playtime in the. He still played League. in the Overwatch League. I mean, yeah. like. Didn't Bishu get picked? Oh, but Bishu's already played in the Overwatch League. But what Bishu's am I played, about? Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I don't know uh, how many people were permanently benched. There was one uh, in 2019. It was... Oh, wait. Axion played one match. Yeah, but uh, he still played. Yeah. Played one match. Damn. Like, I don't think there's been so any perma-bench players since then. Like, 2018 by far had the most perma-bench. Did we see players. Mikey played for Boston Uprising? Yes. Definitely. Mikey played yes. ball for them. Yep. Oh well, I mean that's that's another thing that you could comment in. Color Hex uh... this season we haven't seen, right? Did yeah, no Color Hex has played before. Yeah. Well, right. yeah, but the thing is, is that this is already a, we're not we're talking about players like we're from asking if on. someone got called up to the Overwatch League and then didn't play at all checkmate. and then was removed. Yeah, yeah Checkmate is still is in that. That's why I'm thinking category. people like Checkmate develop that kind of thing. They might be this might be the first season where that kind of stuff happens because there's only 16 games in which to actually field them. If you uh, can think of one, if you're, if you're listening and you can think of one that we haven't said, then put it in the comments. See if we've missed something. See if you... Uh, we haven't seen two, uh, he played last year, but we haven't seen Tsuba this year for Justice, right? Yeah, yeah, but he played already. He still played in the Overwatch League, though. Like, and yeah. he was a significant starter, too. Anyway, okay. Uh, the other part to this as well, Overwatch League can now help foreign pros enter the U.S., uh, Jonathan put this down in a in a comment. Do we have any further information about the specifics of this, or is this just good news generally for people like Funny Astro making it to Korea? Uh, this is just part of the Overwatch League PR scheme we have here on the podcast, where we talk good <laughs> about things going on. Um, I don't have any further information here besides this John Spector tweet. Probably could ask him about it next time we have him on. You know, True. he's uh, always yeah. happy to talk and have a chat, so we can talk to him about it. Um, regardless. Very good news. You know, it's a long time coming for Kevster. And, you know, we have the soon situation before the season. It seems like the Overwatch League, they have been working on this behind the scenes for quite some time now. It's very important to them um, for good reason. And yeah. I'm really, really happy with their progress and that this is now a thing. So, yeah, I'm very excited about this. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is something a lot like, uh, you know, the, the credits that we had for the, the animated credits, the drawn credits oh, that we yeah. had this weekend. Those uh, were great. I mean, all that stuff started, uh, you know, in a, including this before the season began. So now you're starting to see some of this actually kind of, uh, obviously this stuff takes time. So, And Kevster yeah. is officially in Los Angeles as well, right? Yeah. Officially massive. in Los Angeles. So this is now 
it, it is now judgment time. time. It's judgment time. It is now time for all European simps to be judged because this is where if Kepster does not, the, the literally the hopes of Europe are on Kepster because if Kepster does not pop the fuck off, this will be a final crushing defeat to European Overwatch now that he doesn't have the ping excuse anymore. Why like, PS was popping off already? No, he's been playing well, but he's been good. if you want my personal opinion, I don't think Kepster's been a star player. I think he's been like fine. I think he's been fine. Yeah. I don't think, I think he's, he's been, been fine. Insane. He's been he's been fine. He hasn't been yeah. like a different like compare it to like I mean like it's really just the fact that like he's been good. I just don't think he has a huge reputation that he that he came into the league with and it's like hasn't really been met yet. But a lot of that is like, well, he's still on ping, guys, still on ping. So I mean, yeah, you know, we'll see. Which is fair. I mean, he's playing on like what hundred and it's not. And it also, we're not saying Kepsir's. I'm not saying Kepsir's bad. I think Kepsir's playing very well. Like he's he definitely worthy of a starting spot in the Overwatch League. It's just he hasn't been some sort of monster out on yeah. the battlefield. By well, any means. yeah, I think you're a valid point, and I'm just being like a European apologist. So we're just <laughs> having that, like you know, like we're, we're staring each other down. But you know, we'll find out. This is my go-to. My go-to of things to piss people off is to piss off European Overwatch fans and to piss off Fusion fans. Those are my go-to. Yeah. Okay, that is I why like that. Mars Eternal being decent was so nice for once because we actually had something to talk about. Mm. Yeah. For. Well, now and we really have an opportunity that, to piss off all the fans in the Overwatch League because we're going to do our June Joust power rankings. The big, the big daddy, big league, full on power rankings, not split by regions, just one to 20, baby. Bum, 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 bum. Everybody knows our power rankings are always correct and there's never anything yes. wrong with them. Yes, all true, right. absolutely correct, 100%. Number one, start there. Oh, Is I was going to say, start down, I, I think you can start down low and work your way back, but if you want to start up I want to start at the top, Matt. I want to start at the top. Because okay. then we'll, we'll get to fucking talking about pizza forever if we start at the bottom. We'll start okay, do they have more pizza? We need an update on that. We didn't yeah, put that in the rundown. We need to talk out. about that. You have more pizzas later? Oh, yeah. There's more pizzas for us to rank. But more we need pizzas. Double rankings. Uh, <laughs> we need to get paid I, I by fucking Pizza Hut before we start ranking their pizzas. Well, we're not oh, ranking, we're not ranking Pizza Hut's pizzas. pizzas. We're ranking the players' pizzas. What they, You could take those toppings and put them on any though, pizza. Anywhere. Pizza Hut does have very good breadsticks. I'll say that about you, Pizza Hut. You can't fuck up breadsticks, though. It's so easy. You can. You can. They, they put a good amount of seasoning, and the sauce is is good Matt, enough it's Matt, not cheap shut the fuck up until they pay like, us shut up know. until they pay us shut okay, up okay. stop giving them free promotion for their delicious breadsticks we're not getting Sorry, them anyway because no one's getting fucking Shadow legends <laughs> no, you've told you've said their name twice now they would pay <laughs> so know, much money for this to normally happen so look, number first one, of all number one i'm number putting one. dragons shanghai yeah i dragons okay right now currently Woo! Yeah, and, but I mean, Dallas have to be in number two, Dallas, right? Dallas, 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 Dallas are definitely right. number two. Personally, I think you could even be, if you wanted to be like maximum fairness, but obviously this is not how power rankings work, you could even do like a split number one spot with like Fuel and Dragons being like a yin and yang. But the thing is, that's not how power rankings work. So just so, because Dragons won, we have to switch. So is this the teams overall going into the second half of the year or the teams from this tournament? The teams, I would say, after this tournament slash overall, yeah, like gotcha. me, if we're doing a global power rankings, it should include both as considerations, yeah. right? Yeah. And I currently, think, right now, I think like, for the first half of the fun. year is is a good way of would thinking you, about this. Yeah. Who's third for you guys? 
Honestly, shock. Did you put the shock third? I yeah. I could put shock number third. Yeah. Yes. I definitely put the shock third. I think you have to. There's no big challenger outside of them. Can, but... can we hear the argument for shock third over, say, Atlanta or Gladiators? I mean, Atlanta beat them, uh, get into the June Joust tournament. That would be your. Definitely. Atlanta your did not have a good first stage, and they yeah. still have not shown that they can compete at LAN yet either. Yeah, yeah I think overall, it. you you would have more confidence about the future of the Shock as well, because yes. they've been able to perform every time in those regular season matches. I think this is the question about doing something that's got in, uh, intense recency bias, whether it's like a power ranking of right now, who are the best teams, or whether we take a more balanced approach because it's the middle of the season. But we've yeah, decided to, to take a bit both. more of a balanced approach. I think now that we're halfway through the season and we have two tournaments to go off of, we can definitely do a... And it's a global power ranking in general, and we only do them after a staged playoffs for so far. <laughs> like, global power ranking should be far more holistic and wide-reaching, like, their current overall. For me... uh Four is really kind of between uh, at least the, I think the outlaws and the gladiators. So I, I actually gonna... think there's a real chance to put justice or, or even may or maybe rain, but more than likely justice. I don't yeah, I like justice. the justice. I think they've had a very easy strength of schedule. And I think that they have not demonstrated I, well, I think that they're in the same group as we've we've already talked about this in that there are a lot of teams in North America that aren't really into that next tier. So we're now getting into the muddy territories for sure. But I do like the Gladiators. They did start slowly, but I'm more I'm more happy to give a slow start the benefit of the doubt than like if you're on a decline yeah, now. That's actually fair. The, and those the are gladiators only, uh, tough matches. Like their yeah. two losses in the main melee, they were to uh, remind me again. It was, was it Shock and... Uh, Dallas, right? Yeah, like incredibly tough right. matches. And those yeah, were the Shock and losses, Dallas. Though. Well, they, well, actually, they, yeah, they lost to Fuel and then they lost to... San Francisco. Yeah, Shock. Yep, 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 <laughs> yeah. yep. Uh, and they've beaten everybody else. And they've yep. beaten everybody yeah. else pretty also, convincingly, so... I think even if this was a, uh, a React Andy power ranking and it was super short-term, Gladiators deserve a super high spot. I think that they... If you're looking at the top teams right now, right the fuck now, for the end of the June Joust, it's Dragons and Fuel, then probably you have to give credit to the Atlanta Reign, and right sniffing behind them is the Gladiators. They're, they're, they're up there. They were the only team to challenge the Dallas Fuel and yeah, take I mean, maps off them before they got to, um, before they got to the... the Junjao's finals when they were in their big form. They looked good. They had versatility. They'd beaten the rain earlier yeah. on. Like Gladiators were a damn good team. They had stage. a four no they had a four no stage this stage, if you were to look at just the Junjao's, right? Yeah. They they were they were a very, very good team. So I'm I'm Yeah, yeah. I agree. I like um, the Gladiators' yeah, trajectory. I think you can get, yeah, you can tell me on that. I just wanted to propose the justice because they looked a lot better towards the end of the stage, but I do agree with the Glads. I still but they're think still so one-dimensional, though. Like, no, no, no. Just... Don't. Yeah, they're not yeah. strong enough. They're not strong enough. Um, absolutely. What do you do here? Because I think now you get muddied up with Outlaws, Atlanta. Uh, do you even look to, like, the Fusion or Soul Dynasty? No, nah, like, definitely I, not. I think they're further down. Yeah, I mean... You just have to give it to Houston. I mean, Houston is also seven and one. I'd rather give it to, I would give it to Rain. I would give it Rain. Yep. I'd, uh, okay. I'd give it to the Rain. 
the that's, rain. That's that's pretty recent. I would give it to the well. The thing is, this is recent, but if you go over, they finished with the exact same record this tournament. Yeah, but, yeah. And it has the with... weaker schedule, Matt. Stop looking okay, at the, the regular they, they season a, No, they have had a, a an easier schedule because I think we covered that on last week's episode. That all of their hard games come now. What happens with the Justice's schedule? Um, I'll Can you tell you. A question? you. Take a look at that because to me, the Justice are also sniffing for that spot. I got it, Kurt. The the Justice uh, this tournament they'll play Atlanta, Florida, London, and the Gladiators. Pretty, those are relatively uh, decent schedule. And in the uh, the final one, they'll really have uh, they'll have the Outlaws, uh, the Gladiators again, uh, the Defiant, and then the Titans. Oof. Those are, I mean, there's at least five, like, games that are on their level that will define how the Justice There's three games goes. out of those that they should clearly easily win, right? They should definitely beat yeah. London. But if Toronto, you want to make, Vancouver. I mean, they're fifth now, and you have to make top five in the West. You almost feel like they'd have to make one of the stage playoffs to make it for the play-in, right? They need a big run. Uh. You probably need two, three, and one sets, right? Because uh, right now you're sitting at uh, like five of the league points. I mean, that's kind of where you would just like give a little bit of a benefit to Houston is that even though their schedule has been weaker, Whoa. they've actually... Whoa. Oh, okay. Uh, even wow, though Houston's wow. schedule has been weaker, they've taken care of business, right? They haven't blown any of those games where the Justice... They had some, you know, they should have beaten the Paris Eternal. They get the Rio'd by Paris. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to disrespect the Outlaws too much, and their fans really seem to rally yeah. around the seven and one record here, and how they deserve it to be so much. But, higher than but they, they really, for, they but... haven't beaten a good team in since like the first week of the league. <laughs> uh, essentially, yeah, uh, if you ask me, which team beaten... I had more confidence in making an end of season uh, playoffs run. I'd probably say justice over the, the, the only team the Outlaws has beat that's worth noting uh, after week one, where they beat Dallas and the shock uh, is they got a win over Florida. Otherwise, Which also Florida's looking very middling. Like they're not actually yeah, looking yeah. like an insanely top tier team. Right. Otherwise, they, uh, they, they lost to Atlanta 3 uh, 1. You know, they beat Toronto. They beat London. They beat London again. They beat Paris. Yeah. Uh, and then I, it's really just that week one. It's they not, have not been a single good team since week one. It's not fantastic. Like but, but also, to put Atlanta Rain above them, you're, you're kind of banking a lot on the recent successes of Atlanta continuing as well, or at least That's being indicative of future performances. When like, I think I, about I think the upcoming meta, the fact that we have no hero pools in the upcoming meta, it feels more likely to me that we have a resurgence from Houston of the Outlaws. Yeah, that might. Atlanta. That's pretty reasonable. I, really, though? The, the Outlaws' next games are uh, Shock, Titans, Uprising, uh, Fuel. So they have two hard <laughs> games, and, and then one meh game, and then one really easy game. They can beat Shock or Fuel in They've like a May Melee meta, but, but I don't... In the first week of the season. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether that's going to be... I don't know. They haven't beaten We're in such since. muddy territory with North America here. And it's unfortunate, honestly, that there isn't a big team from 
um, oh. APAC that just APAC. would swoop in um, and be better because the hole is there. There is a hole here. <laughs> the last I don't four games, uh, the last four games for the Outlaws are Justice, Atlanta, Florida, and the Gladiators. Okay, that's 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 tough. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Outlaws had like the really easy schedule for for the most part, yeah. aside from their week one, uh, like for the whole first half of the season. And they have, remember, aside from week one, every time they played against a team that had been like considered top tier, they have never won. Like, ever. Well, they haven't played anybody outside of Atlanta. They played, or, well, uh, they played Fuel. They played Fuel in like oh, in the playoff. Play, well, yeah, 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 that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, in knockouts, yeah. they've never been a good team since then, week one. They have not been a team to prove that they're like top tier then. Is there. <laughs> Is there enough to put them over? I mean, I guess. But that's the thing. Also, do I trust Rain more than Outlaws? Because I think Rain has a big hole in their meta. While outlaws, where, where is don't. that? Because they sort of. I think, I think Gators. I think Gators. Winston is still not like. I don't know if it's still going to be able to hang with the top. I agree. Oh, well, I think I, I, I almost consider Atlanta Rain more versatile than some of these other teams you're mentioning right now. Like they, with them playing this Echo Reaper competition, and yes, Gator, you know, they performed a little bit compared to the other elite Winstons in a playoffs, but yeah. he, they were still good. Like it, yeah. before the season. I almost like counted them out playing Winston comps, but now they've been competitive on the Winston compositions. But it was uh, a Winston also, rush comp here. as well, though. You want Atlanta's? Uh, you want Atlanta's schedule? Yeah, coming up. So Atlanta plays uh, Justice, Fuel, London, and Uprising. They have two uh, top teams, and then their final games are Gladiators, Outlaws, Mayhem, Fuel. I mean, that's a really hard final stage. It's a hard schedule. I mean, that's a tough. That's a tough final games, anyway, right? Uh, the only two locks are London and Boston. Everything else is uh, the other games outside of that are Justice, yeah. Fuel, Twice, Gladiators, Outlaws, and the Mayhem. But I then actually... I take into account that Outlaws tank rotation is now fucked up along with their support rotation because I don't know what they're doing with Dreamer right now, either. But. Like, imagine think... we go to no hero pools and suddenly they're playing Dreamer over Jongu like all the time or something. Like, what if they do some papigerie? They there? could, but I think anytime we go back to Ryan, we are definitely seeing Jangu back in. I mean, there's no question of that. Surely. Surely, right? Surely. Surely, I right? I don't know how strong Ryan will be. And even if Jangu and Ryan is your argument, like. I'm and also, top of that, like, um... Jongu, like, it's still weird to me because I still think Jongu potentially would have been a better like player what they were doing with dreamer anyways for most of the time so i yeah i don't know what's going on there i don't have confidence in the outlaws and their substitutions and their player rotations i don't i think overall legit when i look at it when i look at it at its base outlaws are slightly more meta proof but their rotations for their players and their strength of schedule has left me very much wanting their plus they pull out some random their, bullshit with their their schedules support. are about the same yeah they yeah are, they're I, I personally i i have actually currently when i look at the pop-off and what they've done so far i have more faith in rain because at least they've shown they can show up in a playoff environment and outlaws have yet to prove they can show up uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's really close between the. This two. is tough. It, this it, is this it, is honestly really tough. Five and six. I mean, 
Because if you yeah, I put I put five and six. If you pick Atlanta, the Houston fans are going to be like, "We're seven and one. You're disrespecting us." If you pick Houston, yeah. the Rain fans are going to be like, "We just made the playoffs and clapped everybody." What the fuck are you talking? And also, about? like, because also, I really hate that. You know, you saying that has solidified this simply because I hate when Houston fans are like, "We're seven and one," because that's such a, that's so stupid. You had such an easy schedule. I uh, hate that. I hate that so much. This next I also, year is just. I mean, chaos. I feel like Washington Justice are just a shoe in for the next slot, though. Probably. Because yeah. I was even wondering whether Justice should be above Outlaws or Rain here. It's, it's not that I feel like Justice is spectacular by any means, but they, when I said a couple of weeks ago that Justice fans should start to be worried, that was because I was concerned that they wouldn't be able to pick up those final two wins of the June Joust, and they'd end up kind of Papesian away their first half of their season. They haven't done that. They've actually been able to secure a, a reasonably decent win rate from the first half. And they still have... I think they've got good chances of being able to overtake some of those their, other teams. The thing is, though, they just haven't been is, as good. So you can't rate them above them. So they'll uh, the Justice, they play Atlanta, Florida, London, and the Gladiators this uh, tournament. Yeah, we already went through their schedule. I feel like those... Those games are they're winnable, but there's no guarantee that yeah. they're going to win. It's just they have two guarantees at the end of the year, but that's about it. Yeah, the rest of this, the rest of the season for Justice is it's in their hands. They can define whether or not they move up or move down. But I think putting them in seventh is pretty fair right now. What do we think about Philly? Yeah, I'm. I'm I think we need to get some APAC opium in here. Like, where do we rank Philly, Seoul? Even like Hangzhou, I feel I, like they they need to be in the conversation pretty soon. I, here. I want Philly to be in right here at the number eight slot, and I know that yeah. they had a really shit stage in the June joust. But considering that we're we're taking the first half of the season into account, they were perfect through the May melee. Okay, they lost that qualification game to Shanghai, but Shanghai ended up going to the finals and actually looked really good, and it was a close match, even though the maps ended. But up But they going. lost to New York and Chengdu, though. I know, but... And they I dropped a the map to Valiant. But I also think that with, with Funny Astro back, Fusion are the team that should be moving forwards. I think over the course of the whole of the first of the year, the whole first half of the year, who would you say has been better in the APAC region? It's only the Spark that you could make the argument for, maybe. Yeah, no, I wouldn't put the Spark above them, so... Or maybe fair. you could try and make the argument for Chengdu, oh. considering they weren't as bad the second half, but they, they dropped off in a similar way that the Philly did. Maybe I... Seoul were, like, okay in both stages, but... If Seoul, if Seoul had more playoff success, like stage playoff success, I'd say Seoul here. I... But the fact yes. that, they, that they didn't make either of the stage playoffs... So in the first one, they lost to Chengdu. Mm -hmm. And in this one, they lost they to lost Shanghai. They're just not yeah. impressive when they're playing either. Yeah. They don't look like yeah. they have any hope of being a tier one team. Whereas at least Philly, you can make very reasonable excuses for why they would have flopped a bit in the June Joust and reasons yeah. why they might improve in the future. I know that that's going out slightly outside the realm of power rankings, but... I think it's think that. Yeah, I also think that there's one team that can, you know, the second half of the year shoot up the standings in APAC and make an even noise in the tournament finals. I think it's Philly getting their whole roster back. I can't see anybody else from APAC really ascending to get there. I mean, we really have to make Philadelphia the choice. Copia. Are we going to make this prediction for Fusion based off their current performances or what we expect their future? Well, you can even make it off of their current performance. Like Josh said, they had an undefeated uh, May Melee. 
although they didn't look good in the June Joust, they're still. I mean, it's a whole stage. For, that's right, a whole they're still stage. tied for second though in APAC. It's not like they. It's not like they Washington Justice and went from first to you know seventh or sixth. The, yeah. The, pro uh, the, the real question is just who overtook them, right? Like, right. Yeah. Who would you say is better? I mean, the thing is, you could make a very real argument if you look across from both both stages. If you look across both stages, you could make the argument that Spark has been has had a much more like essentially actually equivalent performances, really. So never mind. Oh, I mean, they've had essentially equivalent. I think that's a. I think they're pretty equal. I think that's a little bit of recency bias because you know, that's what I'm saying is where I'm taking I'm taking into account both stages, right? If we equalize yeah. them based off results, but Fusion has had a much higher peak. So you know what? Fuck it, Fusion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does, he's the same. He's the I could easily see Hangzhou at like six or seven, though, in like a couple of weeks' time. Would you put the spark over? Uh, well, even Seoul, before we get Chengdu there, though, Matt, does does Fusion yeah. deserve to be above Mayhem? I personally think Fusion. So I'm. Let's go. That's actually my mm. question too. Is about I've been looking at Mayhem because also Mayhem have had been really rough. They have not been a good time a good team in a long time. Their last good team victory was in the May melee. And they beat Justice, which is still... And that was when Justice was looking all right. They were looking like all right at that time. But they haven't been a good team since then. And they had one really close match versus the Fuel, though, in June Joust. So personally, I think their overall performance here is roughly equivalent to Fusion uh, as well. What do, you, what do you say? Who is the more versatile of the two? Do you have faith in Florida Mayhem, like in a lot of metas here? Because ah, I don't. That's the thing. I don't I know. I don't know. In Philly, uh, Mayhem I mean, didn't make it, it to the main melee proper, though. Whereas they did. Fusion, they I, did. I mean, you can't but hold Fusion it too had much to play dragons, Fusion. right? Yeah, they had to play dragons. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, but still, I feel. And Florida played Toronto and Washington. But, but Mayhem also played dragons in the main melee, and they lost them in a map five game as well. Yeah. So okay, that, that was a, that was that was a Papega game. Oh. It was a Papega game, and all. But the thing is, they also put up good performances versus Fuel. But then they most recently got three would by Justice, who's been looking yeah. like they they did look a lot better in that match. But Mayhem looked really rough. Uh, they Personally, dropped. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is hard. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's hard. We're, we're basing this off of Fusion's future roster essentially. Because if we were to take their current roster for Fusion, I would put Mayhem above them. I think that's what we should do. Yeah, honestly, that, like yeah, I know that I, think so too. I know I originally said that I wanted fusion in eighth, but when I think it's a bit of copium, it really is. Yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> you just know what they're capable of, but they've everybody in APAC other than the dragons has shit the bed at various different times. And this June joust just overall for APAC because when you look at this, this is going to look like oh my god, NA bias is unbelievable because we have Shanghai yeah. at the top and then we have eight. No, sorry, seven other NA teams before we get to another APAC team. But I, yeah. I'm not. The other mad. team that made it to the June Joust Newark was Dogwater. Like they, it's like the thing is, is that the teams are so. If you are dropping games to New York, you don't deserve to be even touching top five. You don't even deserve to be touching near the top five at all. You don't. You simply don't. And they just lose to each other constantly. The only team that stands out above them is Dragon. So it's the only person that deserves from APAC to actually be at the top ranking. Like, no one else from APAC has proven that they have, like, any sort of reason to be close because all the APAC... The APAC teams that are not Dragons have combined, like, two map wins in playoffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, their, their map record combined is 2-12 and 12 against... That's disgustingly <laughs> bad. That's disgustingly bad. Like, 
There's no, there's no reason at all I'll anyone should look at these matches and think that APAC is currently a good region aside from Dragons. So, Spark next? <laughs> Do you put Spark over... <sighs> Spark or Chengdu? I think so, that is the question. Yeah, that's the... Personally, I would... I honestly have more faith... Well, so, also, you could technically put Soul. You could technically yeah, you put, Soul. put Soul. Chengdu, though. Chengdu made the main melee and won two maps. Yeah. They what did, did they do in the June Joust? They had a pretty underwhelming performance. Did they go one and three or something? Uh, um, sorry, they don't even play. They lost to Soul in a map five, and then they also... Uh, they were one and three. They also lost to Spark, and then they lost to Dragons 3-0. And then when you compare that to Dynasty, That's Dynasty tough. beat them in the map five. They lost to Dragons 3-0 again, and they beat Charge. So you could argue that like their schedule was harder because they also had to play Spark. Oh, APAC um, was such a mess in June. It's just a mess. Um, it's an app. Uh, I, I personally would soul. have charge over. I would have charge and soul over. Are I would we have in definitely have a scenario have, where not, soul are the most Chengdu, consistent team across May and June. The, they're I mean, three and one for both. Uh, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're three and one in both. Uh, but June. also, their May was their. This was their schedule for May, though. They played Fusion, <laughs> which they lost to three one. They played Charge, New York, and Valiant. So, <laughs> and then in this, and then they lost both of their tough matches in because they lost the Dragons and got blown out both of the both like both matches. You know when they played them in June, and like Ch Hunters, they had a map five, but you can you can't argue Hunters are like top, I just top don't, tier I necessarily. Just don't like I just don't like Soul. Oh, like, I feel I, like I you have to give them. it to Soul, though. What about I would give it to Hunters. I would give it. To, I would give it. To, I don't. No, fuck Spark. Nope. <laughs> fuck them. No. Think give it to Hunters. To give it to Soul. I would give they, it to Hunters. Yeah, no. I'd give it to Hunters. Oh no, the Hunters, Hunters made a too. tournament. Yeah, they made Hunters a made a tournament. They and they went to Matt Fivers as Soul. Hunters deserve it far more right. than Spark and Dynasty. In my Do you opinion. put Dynasty next? Okay, so this oh, is where we start getting a little wild. This is where we start getting a little wild here. <laughs> so first sleeping of all, on shoe fucking. I'm also gonna tell. Out. I'm also gonna tell you guys something. If the meta stayed the same this whole year, I would have Paris Eternal potentially above. Yeah. I would have Paris Eternal above Hunters if the meta stayed the same the entire year. Like if we played this meta from the last stage, I would have Eternal. I could potentially have Eternal over even Fusion theoretically <laughs> if the meta stayed the same, but. That is wild. But, but but the meta's not staying the same and fusion roster is changing, right? So we can't yeah. do that. So I'm not we can't do that. No, we can't. Does Spark uh, Soul Dynasty here by default? I don't know. It's gotta be it has to be Soul or Spark. I I feel like not giving Spark credit for their GGS performance stage. if they're in 13, it's just it is kind of criminal. But at the same time, it would, be, it, would, it would be Spark. It would be Spark. Yes, I, I think the thing is though, what is what is Spark's record pre shy and post shy? If you think about like new Spark, would you like to hear it? Yes, please. <laughs> well, in week two, so in their first, so they started in week two of twenty twenty one. They lost to Fusion three one. They lost to New York three one. They lost to Dragons in a map five, and then and then they beat Charge. And then since then, since they've added Shy, they they have only lost to New York again, three one. So but that was a qualification this, game as well. It was yeah. the qualification yeah. game, but even still, they lost to New York. They lost to New oh, York. Oh, you're they, right. They did they lose to New York. They lost to New York, man. They lost like, to New York. And they just looked so papige. So, I mean, like I would, 
rather have Seoul only because only because they haven't lost to New York. But but and I that's think it. that's think my soul. To... That's my one. This is going to be a good. Uh, this is going to be a good set, though. I feel like for the Spark, they'll play the Valiant Dynasty, New York, and Shanghai. Those are three winnable games, and then Shanghai. I I think that when you rank historically, Spark... New York is not winnable for Spark. We've lost them, lost them twice. Well. But when you rank the Spark, I think you can only seriously think about shy Spark because the the prior version of the Spark is not going to be played anymore. It's irrelevant to consider that data because he's just a mainstay in the team now and he created such a improvement for them. Yeah, but you're, Which, there's only there's essentially you're judging Spark off of essentially one match. They 3-0'd the Dragons, right? But then their other their other wins were like Charge and Valiant, and then they lost to New York. But they did play with Shy as well in the main melee, I think, right? Uh, they played I thought, towards the end. I, thought I think they, they played the really final get... two matches or something. I thought he may have. I can't. Well, let me see. Let me see. Let me check. I thought he so did. In the I final... thought he played in like the final two matches or something. Let me see. Um, yes, he did play in the final matches in May Melee, but they were playing charge. Yeah. They played charge with that. So, like, the thing is, to me, we're judging the Sparks' improvement, per se, off of the fact that they didn't lose to Hunters and they beat Shanghai, right? But that is the impressive. thing is that... Which is impressive. That is impressive. And also, the, but also when they played versus Shanghai in week three, when Shanghai was still looking pretty weak, they went to map five versus them. But Shanghai was looking really weak. Um, so it's really based off, we're hinging our whole results here off of the Shanghai performances, I feel, mostly. But then they lost to New York. Honestly, I think both of these teams are just in the same spot. Like, they're just, like, I, I don't love credit, because I think though. they're, I, I, I think, I've, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know. Apex of. I would rather give it. Place. I would rather give it to Dynasty simply on the basis. Simply on the basis is that I don't think Dynasty is ever going to lose to an incredibly papige team. But they're not going to really? be the team. You don't think you think Soul Dynasty is the essence of consistency uh, against bad no, no, teams? No. I don't think that. I don't know what. I don't know what. I, I think is. I don't know what to think about the Dynasty. <laughs> they're going to play more one. But they it haven't really lost to a bad team yet. And Spark have against all odds. Against all odds, they've thrown everything they knew into the dumpster. And that's why I have no, I have no faith in Spark. But, but because unlike lost... Dynasty, where I have no expectations, Spark, there was expectations there. You expect them to, like, do something, but they'll just randomly nosedive into the ground for no reason whatsoever of the bizarre choices. But that is, like, as much as you're saying the successes of Spark came from one match, you're... Your complete absence of belief also came from one match where they Two just... Matches. They lost to New York as well. They've lost to New York twice. But that was before they had Shy, wasn't it? The first one. Uh, well, one, one of them they did. One of them I don't think they did. Yeah, yeah I mean, the second I mean, one they had Shy, the first one they didn't. So I'm, I'm discounting that first one. I, it doesn't okay. apply to me. The data, irrelevant because no Shy. Oh, Shy only. Post Shy only. They've only they had one They still shouldn't have papige. lost to New York, man. I know they shouldn't shy. have. But you, you, the one loss doth not make a great team poo-poo, oh, as the, the famous philosopher once said. 
Yeah, I will. Let's leave him there. Let's I leave. I will him agree there. with Spark with this simply because, like, yeah, I can see it, but I have just been burned by Spark <laughs> so hard in believing in this team. All right, I've uh, been burned by Soul. Well, uh, I could argue. What do we do thirteenth? Because I think, uh, well, I mean, what? Like New York, they make this stage, but they didn't look good at all. I'd give it to uh, Boston or something. I maybe. was going to say Boston or Paris. Or Paris, yeah, Boston or Boston Paris. Or Paris, I feel kind of cool about. What did Boston do in stage uh, in May Melee? I feel like they were uh, completely and utterly absent. Yeah, Valentine they were. Like they were on this crazy. They, they were. They were bad. Didn't they, Paris they at won, least turn up a little uh, bit? They won one game in the main melee, uh, Boston, uh, and then they came out in this stage and they uh, Rio pretty well. They three-o'd the Justice. They lost a three-two to the Eternal, and then they lost three-one to the Glads, and then they got three-o'd by the Rain in the qualifier. Yeah, they didn't do badly by any means. I just feel like giving credit to Paris, who I mean, they beat them in the head-to-head. -head. Paris looked competent in the June Joust, and I think Paris were like. Paris also had a okay. pretty. Well, actually, so did Boston. Yeah, Boston had a pretty tough schedule. They both. For... Uh, they both lost to the Gladiators three-one. Uh, yeah. In the head-to-head, -head, Paris beat them 3-2. They both 3-0'd Justice. Uh, the difference is, is that the Paris Eternal lost 3-1 to Toronto. There are more players on Paris that excites me than Boston Uprising, I feel. And I'm like the biggest Boston Uprising simp on, the, on, 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 on Plat Chat. But I feel like there are a few pieces on Paris Eternal like Khan, Naga. Like, these players excite me. Like, I'm hopeful for the Paris Eternal. So... I think I'm going to go Paris over Boston here. They're both pretty even. I think this is another like splitting hairs. Like are, we, uh, are we sleeping on Defiant a little bit? They no, started out I mean, actually, wait, 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 wait. I think, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Boston went to Matt 5 with Spitfire, and that should put everything else equal. They should go down. So I'm going to put, I think, I think Eternal should go up simply because I, I agree with Johnny's take that when you look at some of the players and how they performed here for Eternal, there's hope. There is some hopium there. And for Toronto, Defiant... Hmm. Defiant... Toronto won three maps magic. all stage. Yeah, Defiant looked uh, bad. Actually, no, sorry, sorry. They actually beat... Uh, so they beat Paris. They uh, beat Paris. Uh, yeah. They lose 3-0 to Boston. They lose 3-1 to the Shock. And they lose 3-1 to the Outlaws. Yeah, I... I might... And I they had think... a relatively impressive May Melee, uh, even though they had... Well, well, no, it was impressive no, in terms they, of the they, wins they got. They weren't impressive in the server. I mean, they beat no, Rain. Their wins weren't even that impressive. They beat the, the Titans, and then they beat the Rain in a game five. They got and it was not a good game five either. Rain looked really bad. They got 3-0'd by the Justice. They beat London 3-1, uh, uh, and then they lose 3-0 to Florida. So, like, basically yeah. all the good teams they ended up losing to the uh the Toronto Atlanta series, if I remember correctly, that was one that Toronto reverse swept. That Atlanta it was, was yeah. in that series. Yeah. Uh, this stage, they beat Paris Eternal. They lose three zero to Boston, three one to the Shock, and then three one to the Outlaws. Like they're barely taking maps off of top teams. Like. Uh, even the top teams, like they're getting swept by most of them. I mean, uh, even because because at least Eternal has beaten a top team. I don't. I would not consider just Rain in stage one a top team at all. Yeah. And that yeah, was, was the like only good pack. team that the that Defiant had beaten. Which, uh, like, by I the mean, way, Toronto, Toronto, <laughs> Toronto. Their uh, their schedule this coming up one is going to be tough. I mean, they play. 
Florida. They get a free win from the Titans. And then they play the Gladiators and the Fuel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't those see how they win boom. any of those games. And then their ending schedule is London, Justice, Paris, and Shock. Okay, well, slot them into 15th for now, but do New York... Is New York better? Does New York deserve some credit for being able to beat, like, Spark and get into the, uh, the tournament? Is, one win over the, is, is a win over the Spark bigger win than anything Toronto's done thus far? Uh, in the overall standings, New York is 3-5, and five, Toronto's 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They're... Yeah, kind of, almost the same. Uh, I mean, bro, to same, me, like to me, New York does not deserve credit for making it to the finals. I'm <laughs> sorry because the <laughs> in APAC you only have to win a single game to be able to qualify, yeah. and they happen to match up against a Spark that had decided to roll the clock back and play Anna Brig, and they just essentially had throwers that they were playing against. It was and win the training. games were abysmal too in these playoffs. Like they were literally just roles that were unfun to watch. Like you, I did not enjoy watching the games in New York. Yeah, you could have swapped them out for like any team in the like twelve to twenty. Almost the only well, team that could have done 20, worse yeah. than them was like like Valiant Spitfire Charged here. Maybe would have done worse. But like you could have put like Titans or Defiant or Paris or like all these other. I mean, Paris potentially would have actually done. I think right, they maybe. might have done a little better. Yeah, yeah. but so uh, I okay, I don't think they deserve to go. Yeah, I think you just Defiant. leave them here. All yeah, right. I think they should um, go there. What about the charge? I know that Jonathan was simping a bit for the charge during the early portion of the June joust. Is it enough yeah. to be able to get them to the 17th spot above <laughs> Titans, Spitfire, Valiant? Above Titans? Sure. Are they I'll better than the Spitfire? I don't know. Really? Do we really want them to be above Titans? Yeah, I think so. Why? I've asked the Titans. Why not? No, the, the question Titans is why not? not? The Titans have not taken a map objective since may 28th yeah i mean they they have not been playing well but titans also like if you compare their strength of schedules they did have titans a brutal gladiators rain <laughs> shock fuel they did have a yeah listen to charge charge played spark new york <laughs> fusion and dynasty that was kind of good stuff and also and also charge like they beat new york but they still dropped the map to them as well I, I at least I don't like the charge. I think they're a dog team, but... Dude, you can't be writing the charge underneath the Titans for the whole of the beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that. The, the Titans have... I mean, the charge have got wins. Yeah, they at least look competitive. Like, competent we, at the meta. Even. If we go deeper Bro, down you than can't that, I'm sure me. they've taken objectives. You can't I'm be sure telling me like, there are three teams have, in the yeah, league. You can't be telling me there's three teams in the league with zero wins, and you want to put the charge below <laughs> some of them. <laughs> I don't... I'm not... Honestly, it's the thing is, I just don't. I think the Apex teams are so bad. It's the thing. I legitimately think that if Titans and Charge played, Titans would beat Charge. It What's, could happen. It could. Absolutely. Oh, wow. But you can't What's power actually, rank the first half of their season and say that they were worse but, than a team that got but, but zero But the thing wins. is, is that I, it, there is an undeniable fact here that Titans have not won a game and have also not taken an objective in the past they've four matches they've played. They've turned into a pizza company. We won't, <laughs> so, we've, we've given up talking about them and we've decided to power rank their pizza toppings. At least I'll we're talking about Charge. How many cards of the Charge unlocked? How many cards of the Charge unlocked? this stage that's fair like that's fair did you say they haven't had a point in four matches oh no yeah. no they didn't no yeah. the titans did at the beginning of the stage so they did get one at the beginning of the stage it was their match uh that was on may 28th that started the streak i believe um, and they're 
I mean, that is just... The I'll fact that right. they have that going for them, and they're not last, and they're not <laughs> second to last, it's just like... It's insane. crazy, isn't it? It's because they've taken maps, a bunch of maps from against stage the, one. Against the Gladiators, they took uh, two points on Hanamura. Uh, that was on uh, May 28th. Uh, Sunday against Atlanta, uh, they didn't take anything. Uh, the let's see against uh the shock uh they did not take anything um like listen it, but those are really really hard games yeah those are very they're, difficult they're, games. They're, they're, they're games are really hard and then compare that to charge like charge their only two wins for charge by the way are new york and valiant i'm yeah. still That's their only wins I, as, as absurd as this may sound i think you can still put the titans maybe above london even though the Titans didn't win a map this stage. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Taking objectives yeah. since yeah. May 28th. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, these matches were brutal for Vancouver, and they have the same... I mean, they didn't win a map this stage, and they have the same exact maps won as London. I mean, that just shows you how bad London's been. I personally, I still do believe, though, I will agree with the ranking just because the numbers do not lie. But I still do think that Titans could be charged in a head to head. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. there any I, argument for the Valiant to not be at the bottom? No. No, there isn't. <laughs> in fact, no, there is not. somebody compiled the guesses that we had had on Platchat about how many maps the Valiant would take. We did a Platchat episode where the Valiant's team got oh. announced, and we all had guesses about how many maps they would take over the course oh, wow. of the season. And um, there was a post on Reddit about it, or, and I can't fucking remember what it was, what was now. I should have. I, I can't remember, man. But I should have written it down. It was probably, it was probably in the thread where Fusion dropped a map to Valiant because that's where people were talking about it. But I can't 100% remember. But basically, my estimate was that they were going to get something like uh, four. No, what did I say they were going to be able to get? I think I said they were going to be able to get a, a ton of matches. I think I said something like <laughs> they would win... Um, I, I can't even remember. I, I remember Bren said that they were going to win two maps all season. <laughs> so if the, if the Titans, uh, sorry, if the Valiant don't win any more maps, Bren's nailed it on the head. Jonathan said they were going to win, I think, four. So he's on track perfectly at this I point. I think I said season. six. Or was it six? I think someone I said else, six. Maybe someone it was has Jaws. to go back and look, but I think someone, it was six. Someone had a guess that was insanely close. It might have been you, Jonathan, with six, though. But someone was, like, bang on the money for this point in the season. And All I right. think their schedule does actually... No, actually, I'm thinking of London and Paris's that get it a little easier. I don't know whether Valiance gets any easier. But, yeah, we'll, we'll track it. We'll track it. If these teams played, who would win? Valiant, Spitfire. I think Spitfire would win. Yeah. I think I Spitfire would so. win simply because they're playing harder opponents. Like, yeah. they, so they're better trained. Like, I legitimately Valiant, think APAC is so bad on the bottom, like, half currently, that... Valiant Titans, who wins? Titans. Titans. Yeah, definitely. Titans, definitely. I think... I, I strongly believe that Titans is actually, like, okay. Like, okay, in terms of, like, they're not, like, the like the absolute worst. It's just the fact that, like, we're looking at their map score and the fact they don't take objectives, but they've just been getting pounded into the dirt by, like, 
they're like a very they're like an eighth grader getting pounded by like juniors in high school that come up to bully them they're just like what's up kid and they're just like beating the shit out of them like this is like uh, they're just it's unfair it's unfair their their next four games are boston toronto paris and houston or any of those right yeah toronto is winnable paris and boston are like it on a, a but on a bad meta for Paris and Boston, I could see that being a winnable game or at least a close London, game. London's next four are Paris, Shock, Rain, and Justice. Who comes oh. out of this stage with more map wins? I don't I think mean, any of those are winnable general, for London. Map wins. I don't think any of those are winnable for London. I think some of those are winnable for Titans, though. The uh, Europe- they do have Sparker now. They, do they have Sparker, Sparker right? yeah. What happens we, when we London play against Europe? What happens when London play against Paris? Do they play on high ping? No. Uh, it'll be like a ping set for that region. So, but... so that's, their only, that's their only low ping game of the season? Yeah. Interesting. Well, they do play Paris again, so they'll have another oh, right. one. But right. uh, and then London's last games are Toronto, Dallas, and then their final week is Paris, a low ping game, and then they're the Titans for the finale. I, I really hope they both go winless up until that game. Uh, and then, oh, well, I mean, the Titans, they, uh, they 100% will. I mean, they have Boston, Justice, Shock, and then London at the end. Okay. Well, that, that's going to be a fun little storyline, especially for a vast wow. connoisseur of toilet bowls. Um, we that's have one right. more. We one should, more. The league should step in and make that one a seven-game series. We should <laughs> yes, treat that one I like agree. a final. We should it might make just it. become a seven-game series via map draws. It's anyway. the final chance for breadsticks. That'd be it is so... the final chance for breadsticks. They'll surely so have gotten rude. breadsticks at that Keep point. So lowering the, the bar for breadsticks, where it was like, get a game five, now it's just knock somebody off the map. Maybe they'll do take the objective for the next version yeah. of Red Stinks. It'd be so rude fight. to the players. Like, oh, you you guys are so bad. We want to see more of you. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, we have another oh, we'll power rankings. If you had a prize pool, it'd be all right. There, there is a prize pool. There, there, there's the overall season prize pool. No, they have salary players. Put it, on, put it on one match. Just gave them a little like, all-star match style treatment. I don't know. $10,000. I hope that they should put it at LAN and they should say, and they should get everyone breadsticks. It should be complimentary breadsticks. Get it sponsored by like Duck Toilet Cleaner or something. <laughs> um, we have another power rankings to go for. It is the stage power rankings we did this uh, at the end of the may melee we power ranked all of the stages and we said where did the 2021 may melee actually rank oh, okay we ended up putting it in the s tier 2021 may melee so much diversity in terms of compositions insane yeah. runs from the teams great storyline it was all fantastic the 2021 june joust and we've got it here illustrated with the shanghai dragons and the wrecking ball though we easily Sixth could have made this the echo or moira yeah, awesome. or something like that the final was unbelievable. The stage itself was is not as final, bad. Is the final enough to get it to like a B? No. All right. Yeah. A C then maybe? No. I would say C is the absolute max you could get this. This might be this could theoretically be a second another F for me. I'm not going to lie. I what feel like okay, so here's the like, thing though. I completely agree with the meta, and I agree that it probably should be a C, but I don't think it deserves to be lower or like, you know, I, it's borderline B more than it's borderline F because of the reason that we still have a sick format um, and uh, like competitively, like nothing was screwed up. We just like 
we were just in a bad meta because of uh, hero pools and other things. And there were just some like bad games. Like, you know, if New York hadn't upset the Spark, we could have had six, four six teams in the playoffs. It could have been so much better. I think we were a couple of games away from having, you know, a B not real stage uh... here. I feel like the meta was kind of bad, but overall, you know, it was a competitively played stage. You know, it was. We also did have a home stand during this stage as well. So actually, going back to home stand is kind of kind of where far. where Spark I... lost in New York. <laughs> They yeah, got, but they did—they did, they they did win two of their games at the homestand as well. Yeah. So it was yeah. they did have fans and stuff. Uh, there, there was one Vancouver Titans. I guess, I guess also Gladiators a, and Rain sort of broke the mold of the meta towards the end of the stage a bit. Not even towards like the they end. Started... They started playing Arisa comps like right so, from so, the beginning. So, so honestly, yeah, this is this should definitely yeah, it's, it's unfair to give it F tier. Yeah, I'm C-tier gonna make is... the pitch that the final brings it up to a B tier. The reason yeah. being that. I think when we judge these stages, when you look at them with the rose-tinted glasses of hindsight, as we ranked all of the others, essentially, apart from the May Melee in 2021, you tend to remember just the big moments or, like, the storyline, the narratives that define it. I think the Dallas Fuel and the Shanghai Dragons rivalry and the fact that the Shanghai Dragons won in, like, that reverse is going to make it... I think this stage is going to be really memorable for people. Not because it was an amazing meta or anything, but because it birthed a true rivalry that hopefully will carry on later on down the line. But I'm thinking of it as, like, a baby, baby version of the GOATS 2019 Stage 2, where it's like the shot come back and they rebound. And all right, the, av- the average game especially when the teams were bad, was giga papige. It was just eyeballs bleeding left, right, and center. But what you actually remember was the sicko moments. So I feel like putting the GOATs, even when it was getting tired, insane final between Shock and, uh, Shock and, uh, and Titans, with Shock getting the, the, the revenge, that narrative was so cool, it pushed it all the way to an S tier for us. This has got to at I least think- be a B, wasn't it? I think it's more similar to 2019 stage uh, three, honestly, yeah, where we had a sick final. It was hype. It was sick. Yes, the meta similarities wasn't really there um, in terms of like how you described it, but I don't remember anything from stage three, 2019, and I don't think I'll remember anything from stage uh, from the Dream Jaws 2021. Fair enough. I- I it's would a, rather put a, it in a C tier myself. It's a B border, yeah. All right. Get it in the C tier. That's what democracy says. Especially Pop because down, APAC man. was just such an unjustifiable tragedy. Like, that was very yeah. true. That is very yeah, true. Um, overall, I think if though, APAC I mean, had done better, it would be a B tier. The, um, the shock of victory in stage three of 2019 was crazy as well. And now the shock win in the 2021 June Joust was nuts. The, sh- the shock win in the May Melee last year was also bonkers, too. The reverse sweep over the Seoul Dynasty. Like, every time they win a stage, it's in crazy fashion. Um, I hope it continues. And now, it is time for the most important segment of the week. What is it? He was what just episode? here in the kitchen, actually. <gasps> but now he's left. But he whispered oh. sweetly in my ear who the candidate was. But Bren's Player of the Week, presented by T-Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
Could you be a little more enthusiastic, please, Matt? That one really Holy had all your, that one had all your heart and soul in it, didn't it? Yeah, Holy that was good. Moly. I, I, I do have a candidate here, and I feel like it's the only one that's applicable. It's fate. It is obviously fate. How could you have anybody else as player of the week? The mental resilience to be able to stick with the wrecking ball when everybody was doubting it, and his ability to play it at still a high level when he first brought it out, but continue to refine it, improve the minefield usage, coordinate with the rest of his team spectacularly, and every, every part of their comp ended up working to facilitate or rather to capitalize on what he was bringing to the table with that Wrecking Ball. And it boomed Fearless so hard that he ended up swapping over to it and playing the Wrecking Ball himself after having a brief flirting with Hog. Do, do you get more of an MTD over one of the, over one of, if not the, greatest main tank this year in the Overwatch League? Fate went and brought it to Fearless. And also just the fact that he was replacing Fearless on the Shanghai Dragons and didn't do it by becoming a, a, a shadow of Fearless. He did it by... <laughs> he did it by being his own version of, uh, of the main tank for the Dragons. He did it by being himself, by adding that new flavor to the team. Uh, yeah, I think it's a huge moment for him in Shanghai like he played tremendous but I also think it kind of puts to bed a lot of those questions of like can fate be the you know the the yeah. main tank replacement and can he play at that level and be you know the championship player that uh Shanghai needs I think he definitely answered that and then some uh throughout the Jun Joust which it may be even uh easier for Shanghai to move on past this right having more confidence in the main tank of the team completely agree Fate is definitely Ren's player of the week, sent by Team Mobile. I don't think there was a better choice. Honestly, I didn't have any faith in the Wrecking Ball when it came out. Like, I was literally like, they're, they're, they're trolling kind of thing. Now, it did have some merit, okay? So me and Custer, we were talking about it behind the scenes, like, as it was happening. And I was like, you know, it kind of makes sense. You're counter-diving the Dallas Fuel when they go in. You know, there's an idea behind it, but I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's a bit of a throw pick. But they made it work. Um, and I, I felt a bit defeated at that moment. I was like, am I a washed-up analyst at that point? Because <laughs> he made it work when I didn't have any faith in him. And it, it's just incredible to, to watch him and the Shanghai Dragons making that work. Like, I was flabbergasted, the fact that they turned that series around. Like, I, I have to go back and watch that series again because it was yeah. unbelievable. Um, I really do. I really do want to watch it again and just see the difference between the first two maps and then the last five. Yeah. Wait, five. Yeah. I I think this might be the most well-deserved Brent's pair of the week we've had. I think, in my wow. opinion, in my opinion, I can't. Well, that's a low opinion of the Brent player of the week. That's a very low opinion in general. It's like this. this well, like we've given it to soccer teams. We've given it to. <laughs> Uh, community <laughs> to people. Look how funny uh, this tweet is. Bren tweets out, Unreal Finals, pure insanity, so happy for the winning team. No spoilers <laughs> here. And then Shanghai retweets it. And so just spoils <laughs> it for everybody anyway. But be no because spoilers. they retweeted it. Incredible. Well, Shanghai is just very active on Twitter. So, you know, they can... Oh, they yeah, because they would retweet a loss. Uh, they would retweet a big, insane loss to the Dallas Fuel. Right, you know? Reina had a moment that absolutely ruined me when we were in the green room. 
Uh, it was you guys, I think, casting. You guys cast in New York versus uh, Shanghai, right? God help us, we did. Yeah, you were there. Um, he, uh, at one point, like somebody died for New York first, and it was the most unenthusiastic holy moly ever. Brendan was just like, holy moly. Like, like he said it just like that. Like, like, like it was a big play, but he knew they had no fucking chance. I was laughing so hard. I was like, that's too funny. Yeah, I think that this has to be solidified Shanghai in general as well as like such a ridiculously persistent team as yeah, like yeah, think yeah. about all the times they've been down and like in big matches and they've come back now and they've like done like crazy like shit to do it like it's actually incredible it is yeah. how will how sticky they are those teams you know, in APAC better sticky. level up before Shanghai has to be moved to NA yeah, like, yeah, we can't we can get any play against these guys. Get us out of here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it uh, it was unfortunate last year when they ended up flopping when they went to the final. Yeah. Um, I mean, flopping in terms of not actually making it to see that big Shanghai versus Shock final that everybody was expecting. But I guess Philadelphia Fusion were actually the flop going out and forth. But the gesture Roadhog was just too strong. It was. It was in fact too strong. Um, but there you go. That's Brent's Player of the Week presented by T-Mobile. And that is the episode as well. Uh, next week, we have a slightly different idea because obviously there's a week break, so there's no games to be able to catch up on. So I think we're going to do a mid-season review. And even though we've already done like a power ranking and stuff like that, it's going to be time to check in with some big narrative storylines, but also awards season as well. And kind of think about who are the front runners in terms of a bunch of different awards, both ones that the league will actually give out and ones that we'll invent ourselves like most improved and that kind of stuff coach of the year those those kind of things actually does the league hand out coach of the year no i don't think they do right i have no idea i think that was just something we invented last year to, to do the league hands out coach of the year that's yeah, they? Yeah, right? coach yeah. the year last year right yeah yeah oh right okay yeah sorry I'm, I'm mixing things up all right there we go um Thank you for watching episode 91. We've already told you what to comment. Down Before below. we go, though. Ah, yes. Members. members. So I don't Before have a good go. way of showing this on screen currently without showing sensitive information. Well, so, why don't you? Are, are you, you read them to, out, Kurt. That's what I'm going to say. I was, I was going to read these out for y'all. Heck yeah. All right. Yeah. So a lot of you people became members since the last episode. So thank you very much. I'm not going to read people's last names for the sake of privacy. But uh, thank you for <laughs> becoming a member. Read Justin, their addresses. Give yeah. out their PayPal's. <laughs> Justin W, welcome. Well, welcome to member. Welcome to uh, member. Potato. Member. Athena Y. Terrence T. Brian Castro, member tier three. Welcome oh, to member. I just said oh, member. member. Sorry, Sorry Brian. Just Kevin W, member tier two. Welcome to member. Large oh, member. Mark H, member tier two. Face Smash Large member. member, Alex D, member. Welcome to member. Welcome Jake to member. B, Shiro the Shiro, Learning Film and... Oh, this is a long channel name. Hold on. Learning <laughs> Film and Editing is the... <laughs> Welcome to member, Learning Film and Editing. That was me this week. Scooby McDoobie, Justin W, <laughs> Exterior Bates, I, I guess... Um, I'm trying not to read people's last names. Sorry if I've read your last name. Welcome Sammy, Tristan N, S, M, Ryan M, William J, The Buddy Nader 98, 
<laughs> Yo, well, Yo, well, remember well, the well, funny day. <laughs> Professors checks Peter L, uh, Jevy, Netsuba, Lee, Justice, Shock, Oakland A's fan, 7894. Welcome to welcome. Oakland A's fan. Jake H, Luke P, Lee, 77, Lee Wolf. Welcome to Member. Why are you, ma- why are you laughing at our members' names? I'm laughing because... Not laughing. Because there's laughing. such a large mix. I mean, there's, there's learning so many about members. film and editing, and then there's like Luke P. Yeah. And then there's, <laughs> then there's also just bro, the justice in the shot. People out here trying to learn, bro. Don't laugh. Sorry, sorry. No, let's let's continue. <laughs> Welcome to Member, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Member. We got Budokai Man, ASFD, Nick Jump, uh, Calvin V, Drake B, Godzilla Gomez. <laughs> Welcome to Member. Uh, Chuna Sasi, PJS, uh, Jose A, Jack L, Chimebox, Tyler J, uh, Psycho Lab, Welcome Aaron J. Good this month. The fucking yeah, dude, young for Kurt. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, we do really appreciate it. I will have a better way of presenting this so it's not long and awkward, but. Maybe you guys yeah, like I, it this way. I didn't realize we it would saw be that more, many by the way. Wait, there's still more? Oh, yeah. We Wait, have like 10 more. more? I'll, I'll burn through them. Oh, by the way, Psycho Lab was a tier two. So thank you, Psycho. Oh, welcome to Large, large Member. member. Oh, large speaking, member Psycho Lab. Speaking of Large, right after Sinhead's Childs, Sinhead, Sinead yeah. C, we got Large Yeet with the tier two. We got <laughs> Yeet. Large Member, Large Yeet. Yeet. <laughs> welcome to Member. <laughs> We got Tash, Prez, Matt B, Mark W, Mech Mac, Wesley M, and Toothless Cannibal. Welcome to Ember. Who is our oh, most recent member. Oh, name. We will welcome. figure out a good system of reading all the members uh, in the coming weeks. But thank you so much. We are 53 total members. That's Holy pretty good. Uh, That's lots of members. We appreciate your support. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. We love the members. That keeps the I channel running. We, we also yep. should have some uh, cool content coming out for you this week as well that's a little less of the, the usual stuff. Not only that mid-season review, but I think some of the Gladiators people were interested in coming on the show too. And hopefully that'll kickstart our lazy asses into gear in terms of getting more interview people on. Because we have intended to do that for a while. We just haven't fired it up. I just need to get the fuck on with it. So you I'll do have that Johnny and Bryn sitting on their asses, you know, just doing nothing. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, here, here he is. Fucking guy. Uh, did, he, did he hear me? Who, guess, guess who your Bren's Player of the Week was, sponsored by T-Mobile? Who do you think it was? Who do you think deserved it? Fate! It was Fate! I told oh, you it was wow. Bren. So smart. So smart, I told you it was Bren. Bren. He, so smart. He, I, I can feel his presence. Whenever, whenever I'm telling you who Bren's Player of the Week was, it comes from the man himself. He just doesn't realize it. I'm tapping into his energy. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next week for episode 92. Goodbye and welcome to Member.